Welcome to this week's edition of the Sports Block Podcast. Nathan Stacken here alongside my good friend and co-host, sports director at KORN Radio in Mitchell, South Dakota, none other than Travis Krins. Travis, how are we doing? We're doing good. Good. When's the last time we were with each other? When was that? Uh, t- like together, like physically in the same room? Wed- yeah, wedding. Your wedding, I think I think. We're always, uh, aside, we're, 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 we're side each other, but we're, we're far, far apart. Yes. That's right. Um, a lot of different... You got, I think you inspired me last week because I had this, because uh, of Lamar Jackson uh, discussion. Yes. And I decided just to write these blogs. I wrote something about that. I wrote a few things on the twins. Mm-hmm. I saw it. I wrote, I wrote a gun thing that I didn't... Po- I posted it, but didn't uh, promote it. So it's just out there. Uh, but I don't think anybody's read it yet because I didn't put it on Facebook or Twitter. Was that before the Allen, uh, the latest oh, mass that was shooting? After. There's just the same shit you know, I could have written every day for the past 10 years. Mm-hmm. Something I could write any day 10 years from now. So there was that. And I haven't written anything this week, but I was on a pretty good run of four or five days. You were. Of writing, so hopefully it's going to just a spur of the moment. Did you get any reaction to the Lamar That's- Jackson post? Yeah, um, some of some of the Ravens people didn't like it because I don't know, like, oh, we don't got to apologize. He asked for this, and he got a lot of money. And one guy said he didn't. He doesn't get as much endorsement money as he wants, or he maybe should. I'm like, all right, because you only see. Oh, you ever see him on commercials at all? Not really. No. But what is he going to – maybe he doesn't want to do commercials. And if you're making that type of money now that he is, it's like, what the hell do I care about? You know, I've got $200 million coming my way. So, and there was that. Um, did a thing about Rocco Baldelli's poor bullpen use, and oh, yeah. that got a lot of reaction. Well, I would say – I would hope that the majority of the people would have been in uh, – no. was siding with you. What? It wasn't. It was kind of like that was, that's another thing, like the gun debate, where I could feel like I could write something every two weeks on Rocco Baldelli in the bullpen. Where like it hasn't been, it hasn't been terrible this year. Um, but what I what I had a problem with, and it wasn't his most egregious thing he's ever done, mm-hmm. but it just tripped my trigger where. Last week they're playing the White Sox with like what a two-two game I think in the ninth, in ninth inning, and they bring in Brock Stewart who just got called up a week ago, pitched a couple outings and blowouts, pitched fine, and he's a guy that I had never heard of until a few weeks ago when they signed him and brought him up. Then he pitched like 2019. He pitched in the major like for the Dodgers or the Blue Jays, and really didn't do much, and he's been hurt. So like I've never heard of the guy. So he did that, and he, you know, two-two game for this guy, and he got through the inning, but it was rough. He walked two guys, he walked a third guy intentionally. No way I thought he was going to get through the inning without a run, but he did. Bases were loaded, like it was not a good inning. Mm-hmm. He threw more balls than strikes. It was not good. So yeah, he just his bullpen just pisses me off. Duran was apparently unavailable that night because he was just nowhere to be seen. I don't know why he was unavailable, but he was. Um, 
Joe Ryan was just kind of scooting along. Six innings, gave up one hit, I think, the entire night. He took him out with 87 pitches. Well, they said his velocity was down, like he was throwing 89 or 90 instead of 93. He had a long sixth inning. He had like a 12 pitch at bat. Like, all right, that makes sense. But at the same time, you could maybe throw him out there. He's given up one hit in six innings mm-hmm. on 87 pitches. You give him a rest. You know, all right, long inning, get back out there. Just because you're not throwing 93 and you're only throwing 90 doesn't mean you can't get guys out. Right. So they bring in Jorge Lopez, who hadn't given up a run all year. Then he gives up a two-run home run because, of course, he would. So if you're going to take him out, that's a fine move. It just didn't work out. Or I feel like they probably would have won the game, but they would have put Joe Ryan in for the seven. Yep. And it's not this ain't going back. Oh, they should have done this and they should have done that. This is at the time watching the game, saying, "Well, I'd like the starter to go longer." But that ain't going to happen. So good and bad with that, but it's. Um, so maybe I don't – maybe I'll write something about the NFL schedule and how I hate that, but there's nothing nothing too pertinent at the moment, but maybe something will come up in this discussion and we'll, and we'll get something going. Well, that, yes. Uh, hopefully I inspire you with it, like with an, an agreement and stuff that we are – Oh, no. And, and, <laughs> um, so let's just start there this week with the Minnesota Twins. Uh, two and four road trip – Offense is nowhere to be seen at this point. It's bad. Um, you know, you're, you're squandering good starting pitching. Uh, some questionable decisions, as you just laid out, particularly in that Chicago White Sox series uh, with the bullpen. Um, you know, in a vacuum, is losing a game or two to the White Sox in a 162-game schedule a big deal? No, but when you have these... Types of losses, and even the losses to the to the Guardians, piling up. You're going to look back at the end of the regular season if you lose the division by two or three games and say, oh yeah, maybe that game in May, maybe we should have picked, uh, p- uh, played the bullpen situation a little bit differently. Maybe we you know, should have tried to go for the win rather than just say, oh, okay, you know, whatever happens, happens. And... I think we said this a lot last year, and it, it appears to be playing out again this year where the Twins, except it's it's the opposite. Last year, the offense was great. The pitching was su- uh, suspected for the most part. This year, the pitching is great. The offense is nowhere to be seen. You have to play these games. like y- You should try and win every game. And for whatever reason, it doesn't feel like Rocco Baldelli does that. And it this potentially could end up being where at the end of the regular season, we're going to look back at a week like last week where you should have easily gone 3-3 three and three, if not 4-2 and two, and say, well, that's uh, that's where the, the the season ended up getting lost. Yeah. yeah. I still think they're winning the division. Offense is bad. This is a bad division. Detroit was in. I think Detroit is in second place. I think they're going to lose to Cleveland. So Cleveland and Detroit – fighting for second place at, like, under 500. So... But why is this offense so bad? That's, I think, a big question. I don't know. I don't know. Carlos Correa is sitting, like, 190. No biggest contract ever, team's ever given out. He's sitting 190. He's not going to, you know, he's not going to hit 190 the whole year, so at some point he's going to pick it up. But we're, we're, we're 22% into the season. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a thought on Twitter. Some guy made the equivalent of, all right, we're 22% through. I saw the it too. Season. You saw that? Yes. Yep. It's like, uh, the, it's, like, it's 10 o'clock in the morning on a Tuesday. Yes. On, on a, in a work, in a 40 hour work week. The work week. It's, you know, the, the yep. fourth quarter of game four of the NFL season. Yes. Yep. It's game 19 of the NBA season. So that's where we're at. And they, 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 they got one goddamn hit the other day against Cleveland. And I just looked at their offense, and Nick Gordon's hitting like 140-something. And Correa's hitting 190. Joey Gallo's hitting 190, but he always does that. So that's not out of the ordinary. Yeah, Michael Taylor hitting 225, which is kind of where he hits, and... He's got a bunch of guys with low averages. You know, got Bucks in like a 390 or 3 or 239. Catcher Christian Vasquez hitting under 250. It's like, well, no shit, they got nearly no hit. Nobody can fucking hit barely over 220. Mm-hmm. So, and then you got Luis Rice hitting fucking 650 in Miami. I think he's going down about 420 now, but, but I still like the trade. The oh, trade. I do too. Probably a little bit zero. Yeah. But. Yeah, offense has got to get better. And if, even if it's even if these games aren't for the division, they might be for home home field because you look at Tampa Bay is going to get the one seed. And yeah, all right, it's going to be between the Twins and the Astros or the Twins and Texas for that two seed. Mm-hmm. And you want a better record than them, maybe to be that two seed. And yeah, there, there. I mean, two games. There was a game against Boston three four weeks ago that was infuriating. Yes. Yep. The bullpen use. They're up four to two in the tenth and lose it because mm-hmm. they wouldn't pitch Duran a second inning. He threw nineteen pitches in the ninth and they wouldn't send him out for the tenth. Uh, Bailey Ober's been great. Yes. They called him up. Yep, pitcher pitcher yeah. of the week last week is yeah, what we pitcher had. Of the week last week goes on what seven shutout innings the other yep. day. Yep, great outing for him. And then Jorge Lopez comes in for the eighth. Duran comes in for the ninth. Bing bang boom, two nothing. They went on Friday. And even that was a conventional game. And even that, I would have said, all right, Jorge Lopez comes in. First time he's come in since giving up the two runs. It takes him 10 pitches to get through the inning, which is outstanding. Yep. He was on that night. If it was my choice, I'd say, Jorge, you look to be on your game tonight. You're going to go out for the ninth. I believe it's a waste to use one of your best bullpen arms to throw 10 pitches for an inning. And it was kind of ha- so happened that the next night, they didn't need him, and he was basically unavailable. It's like, well, what's the fucking point? Mm-hmm. Then they bring Duran in for the ninth, and he does fine. And he throws, he gets, gets the outs, and he gets the save. And apparently Duran was unavailable for the next night. And that next game was like, it was like 3-3 like or 2-2 in the eighth, 3-3 in the eighth. And none of those guys were available, or they weren't pitching so I would have used Lopez for two innings the one night, and then I would have used Duran the next night. He would have been available because he didn't pitch on Friday. So even in a conventional game where you have a great start, use your top two relievers for two innings or one, one inning apiece, even that I can find fault with because the next night you didn't have any of your top two relievers when you needed them in a 3-3 game in the seventh, eighth inning. So, I mean, it, so... For me, and I'm is, wondering. I yeah, I don't understand. I, I'm just wondering, you know, if, if 
Baldelli is kind of looking at like, you know, I don't want to wear these guys out. I want them to be, you know, remain fresh and avoid injury throughout the year. But if you're saving them for, you know, that potential use in a game, you know, a couple days down the line, if you're, if, if, I, I just don't think it works because if eventually you're not going to be pitching for the playoffs. You're just going to be pitching and, and you'll be out of the divisional race. You'll be out of the playoff race. Rather, why don't you try and stack up as many of these wins as possible? So if you have to have a little bit of a slide, you have that cushion. Don't have to pitch them later on and wear them out just to make it to the playoffs. Build that lead up now. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, I get you maybe don't want to tax them this early in the season and possibly injure them, but at the same time, don't waste an opportunity where you could pick up a game that could be pivotal later on down the line. It's a long season, but it seems like these losing streaks or winning streaks can kind of get rolling and be contagious. And you lose a game one day, and then you lose the next day, and then you lose the next day, and then you're losing three, four in a row all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. And like, well, we maybe could have won that game three days ago, and it wouldn't look so bad right now. Yep. And they don't want to overwork these guys, and the bullpen was overworked last year. And their starters now have thrown as many innings as anybody this year, so that's a good sign. Yeah, but it's like, use these guys now, and then maybe you won't need to use them in the last week or, week or two of the season. Right. So and That is very frustrating, and, and they try to save on the starters' arms, but it seems like they still get hurt anyway. As we talked about before, guys are getting paid more money to pitch less and less where six innings, all right, you're, hell, it's not even 100 pitches anymore. It's, it's 90 pitches, all right. Mm-hmm. If, if you've gone 87 pitches, you're probably not coming out for that next inning, which is ridiculous. But just some frustrating things that I don't like. There's got to be a better way. Like Duran threw 67 innings last year. He used to be a starter. He had some injuries. He was a starter his whole minor league career, and they bring him up last year. He was an outstanding closer, bullpen guy. It feels like you're either a starter who throws 150 innings or you're a reliever who throws 65. There's a, big, there's a big gap in there. Like, Why can't a reliever throw like 80 to 90 innings? How much I, would is- use them, I would use them less often. Mm-hmm. Here in the game, you're going to throw at least two innings. How much is Jorge Lopez making this year? I don't know. He's pretty good. He was a terrible starter for Baltimore. Um, I can't imagine he's making more than $5 million, I would guess. And it's just like you're paying, as you said, no, you're paying a you're lot paying of money. For 65 innings. Yeah, you're paying a lot of money for guys to pitch less and less. I mean, if you're paying if you're paying this guy five ten million dollars this year, you would expect to be able to put him out for more than ten pitches in an inning. He's only he's making the three and a half million. Three and a half. But okay. back next, you'll be back next year. Probably make closer to five. Okay, and that's understandable. But, but what a waste! You get a guy warmed up, you throw him out there for an inning. He throws ten pitches, and you take him out. And there's no guarantee that he pitches the next day because maybe the the circumstances, the situation doesn't call for 
him to come in and pitch. Like it's an 8 nothing game. He could be down 8 nothing. No, we don't need him. Think about back in the day with Joe Nathan. Like, if the, if the twin, he was the closer. And if the Twins needed him, like, five games in a row, wouldn't he pitch all five games to get the save? Which maybe three days in a row, maybe. Yeah. Four out of five. Maybe he, but, goes, yeah. maybe he goes four out of five at the very worst. But you don't know when those save situations are going to come up. You might win a game 10 to nothing. You wouldn't need to have Joe Nathan in there. You have these guys for certain situations. And I don't understand why. And I would assume you would have you would play it out where you would have them pitch for multiple different situations. Maybe it is a tie game in the bottom of the eighth or you know the the top of the ninth, whatever. If, even if it's not a safe situation, but you have you have different scenarios, different situations that you have these guys pitching in. So it, to me, it just doesn't make sense. Because the, these situations aren't going to play out every day. Why wouldn't you put your best pitcher in to give you the best position to win? That would make a lot more sense. That Boston game that I was upset about a month ago. Yes, yeah. Duran had 19 pitches in an inning, which is quite a lot. And they didn't bring him back for the 10th. Like, he didn't pitch for the next three or four days. Because the games weren't close. Mm-hmm. But, uh, so you, you cost yourself a game there, which I'm pretty certain... If Duran pitches the ninth, they probably win that game. Yep. And then they didn't need him for the next three, four days because games were blowouts or it didn't call for him. Right, and that's the that's the thing. You don't know how these games are going to play out down the line. So why 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 worry about that when you can just go in and win a game now? And, and it seems impossible for any reliever to throw two innings or them to throw for more than twenty pitches. Thirty. It shouldn't be physically impossible or shocking to see a pitcher go two innings and throw the ball 30 times. That, that just shouldn't be abnormal, but it is, and you never see it. it that should not be asking too much. No, it shouldn't. And it's, it's something they're tied with. Padres now 1-1. I saw, like, somebody say, oh, there's such a tough schedule coming up. Well, the Padres aren't any good. They can't score. They've got one run in five innings. Padres are not any good. Uh, what they've got, the Cubs. Cubs are surprising this weekend. Uh, they got, like, the Angels coming up with the Dodgers, the Blue Jays. The Dodgers aren't great. Blue Jays are good. They got the Angels. Screw the Angels. They got to play a bunch of teams. None of them fucking concern me. Twins have played very well against the good teams. They haven't played so well against some of the bad teams. Like last week with Chicago. Like Chicago and Washington, they beat the hell out of the, the Royals, but that's about it. So, if you're like, well, they're 19 and 16, 19 and 15, like they, should, they should be better than that. The offense has to get better. We're mm-hmm. 30 games into this thing. It's like 35 games into this. Like, be better than a fucking 220 hitting team. It's very frustrating and ridiculous because the pitching has been the best I've seen it through the first month. So, that's frustrating. Absolutely. Uh, the Red Sox had a great week last week. Um, they you now appear to be on their way to losing, what, two in a row or something like that. Um, did you see this situation last week with the with the Rays pitcher being asked by the umpires to take his wedding ring off? I saw a picture. Was it, was it a rubber or a silicone wedding band, I think? Why are we focused on a wedding ring when we sh- when we don't give a shit about what uh, 
Jermaine, or Jermaine uh, the pitcher from the the Yankees, has with that sticky shit. Like, what what are we doing here? The inconsistency in this is is just unfathomable. What is a silicone ring or what is a wedding ring going to be able to do yeah. for a pitcher? Scuff the ball, I can't imagine it'd be making much of a difference at all. And then right after that, the Mingo Herman thing, Max Scherzer gets suspended for 10 games. It was yeah. like literally like within a week later. Yes. Yep. But yeah, that is how you handle that situation. That was still still ridiculous. So It's just the inconsistency of this is just, un- it's it's yeah. stupid. And- I don't know what, like that umpire that day, I have no idea what, what his problem was. I have no idea. Because we saw a similar situation a couple days later with Max Scherzer. And yes, that's how you handle it. Yes. Something sticky. All right, get this off your hands. He claims it was rosin. And it can be being sticky with sweat or whatever. Yeah. And they check him again. And they're like, well, you're still sticky. You're out. And you're suspended for a week and a half. Like, all right, that's easy and simple. Yeah. Done and done. So. Well, I wonder if it's the same guy was there in Tampa Bay to make, you know, for this wedding ring fiasco. And so, to me, it just doesn't make sense. And Uh I think this is the frustrating part uh, for a lot of people with regards to baseball is the inconsistency in officiating. I think you could say that about any sport, really. But when you have these various situations, it's like, what what is going on here? What, why would you possibly have a wedding ring removed and yet you won't do something for for this Yankees pitcher. Like, it just, it, it's yeah. dumbfounding. And there's no... There's no, no rhyme or reason. That umpire, so. Yeah. So. There are, uh, I think in AAA now, there are the automatic strike zone. So, I would say before the decade is out, we will have an automated strike zone in baseball, which I think is just fantastic. Because there's not a lot of pitches that are missed. There might be 10 a game, maybe less than that sometimes. But there's no reason why there should be any miss because we have the technology to get every pitch right. So there isn't that bad, I think. It was Max Kepler this weekend against Cleveland. Two straight pitches were outside that called it strike. One was awful. Another one was closer. But it's like, yeah, those are not... You're taught not to swing at those. They're not strikes. Well, did you see the it was college baseball earlier this season, that yeah. umpire that called a strike that was nowhere close to it? Like, it, it's a ball, It's as close to in the dirt as you possibly can. He called it a strike. I believe it was between New Orleans and, what, like, Mississippi Valley State or McNeese State. One, it was a couple of southern schools, and yeah. he ended up getting suspended – and I don't know if he's been reinstated. And he said he I did. After that, you say no, like no, don't come back. Yeah, we don't, we don't need you back. Do something like that. Obviously, he was mad. Yep. At the like no, we we don't need you. We'll find somebody else. Goodbye. Find another job. Yeah, and we haven't, of course, gotten to that point yet with Major League Baseball. But still, it's just, I, it's perplexing to say the least. Uh, you know what else is perplexing? The St. Louis Cardinals. Woo! Yeah. 10 and 24 going into the, uh, they've they've won two in a row as of the, the recording of this podcast here so maybe things are starting to turn around for the Cardinals but 
this is like they were off to one of their three worst starts in franchise history, a franchise that has expanded, you know, over a century. And this a Wilson Contreras is removed from catching and uh, they paid a lot of money for him to take him from Chicago. And it's just I would say out of anything so far this season, St. Louis being 12 and 24 has to be. Among the biggest surprises, if not the most surprising thing, their pitching always usually pretty good, but their pitching has been pretty awful this season, and that's the big reason. Offense has been okay, but yeah, the pitching's been bad. Yeah, I probably. I mean, you look at look at Washington. Washington's fifteen and twenty. Mm-hmm. Washington got to a pretty terrible start, and they've been solid since. So, yeah, big surprise there. Mm-hmm. I feel like if, if, if Tampa Bay, if this was like the Dodgers or the Yankees or the Red Sox or even the Astros, people would be like, is, is this the, you would have heard this debate already, is this the greatest team of all time? Without a, without a doubt. No question about it. They're 29 and 7 right now. They, uh, they win, they beat Baltimore, they lose to Baltimore. Uh, Four to two, they're down in the ninth, but they got two guys on and nobody out. So, um, but yeah, I'd be like, "Oh, this is the best team of all time." Mm-hmm. But you don't hear about it. Everybody says, "Well, this this can't this can't possibly be right." Tampa Bay is the best team in baseball. Uh, they got nobody we've ever heard of. They, they can't. It's got to be fake. And meanwhile, the Yankees are 19 and 17. And in last place in the AL East. That would probably be the second most surprising. Um, yeah. even, even that's a tough division, and if they were in the Twins division, they would be a half game out of first. Yep, but, but you've got- this year with the with the even scheduling, you know, that, that benefits a team like the Yankees this year because you aren't having to play – your division rival, uh, your the teams within your division as much as you would in the past. That's the same reason. Like that's the reason why we said Baltimore had a better chance because they didn't yeah. have to go against the Rays and the Yankees and the Blue Jays as often. Like all of these teams are going to finish over five hundred. Every-, Every team in the AL East is going to win at least eighty-two games and probably at least eighty-five. You're going to have entire divisions. You can have entire divisions above 500. Fuck the, the AL Central. Like they, the Twins may win this with 80 wins. Yeah. And they'll be under 500. The AL East right now, every team has a positive run differential. Yeah. So it's yeah interesting to see the, the effects of not having to play the same team 18, 19 times. But Tampa Bay, they're, they're great to watch. They, mm-hmm. they score the most runs. They've got the most home runs. They've given up the fewest runs. They're the best in everything. Yep. They're just, they got a lot of good people that nobody knows about, but they are, they're, they're, they're a big surprise to get off to one of the best starts in the last 30 years. And they lost to Baltimore 42. So. And Baltimore, Baltimore's got the second best record in the American League. Yep. Yep. So, also very surprising. Very good. Uh, anything else from last week in baseball that uh, that caught your attention? No, I think Dodgers Padres going to open up next year in South Korea. Oh, okay. Well, it's coming up. Yeah, no, 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 what? Go on. Do we have a hitter of the week at all? We're going to go with Masataka Yoshida. 
He plays for the Red Sox. Okay. You may have guessed by his name, he's Asian. Yes, I believe. Isn't this the guy they got from Japan in the offseason? Yeah, we have $90 million from Japan. You never quite know him. They have a lot of good Japanese players. Some have not been good, and this guy appears to be one of the good ones. He's 29 years old. He has more walks than strikeouts. He's hitting 321. Got six home runs already. So he looks like an excellent hitter. He hit uh, 325 over in Japan and hitting about the same over here. So, yeah, he appears to be good. So we'll, we'll give it to him. All right. Masataka Yoshida. I ever had a Japanese. you ever had a Japanese pitcher, maybe not a Japanese hitter. Very good. So that's our baseball for this week. Uh, should we go to the hard court next? Sure. All right, NBA playoffs going on here. Some stunning results right now. Uh, the Lakers up 3-1 in their series with the Golden State Warriors. and it, it Just situational basketball. Both Golden State and Boston are having some major issues here, closing out games. Um, decisions late, shot selection, it's bad. Uh, Boston's losing right now. They're getting thumped at home by Philadelphia. So Philadelphia could uh, win this series here. Suns even. Uh, but just in the Golden State game four, kind of give it away with some just some bad shooting by their stars like Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, no show Jordan Poole. So uh, Golden State and Boston, very head scratching to say the least in terms of what the hell's going on with those teams. Yeah, well, I've been very, I mean, there's been very good playoffs. These have been the best playoffs I've seen in a long time. Because there's been upsets, I guess, or not so much upsets, so you don't know what's going to happen. Well, the, the, the Heat are up 3-1 in their series with the Knicks right now. Heat are the 8th seed, Knicks are the 5th seed. We're going to have an 8th seed more than yeah. likely in the Eastern Conference Finals. And it's like, I think I probably picked the Heat, but it's not a surprise, or I think I picked the Knicks. But it's like it's not a surprise the Heat are beating them. Right. Um, you got Lakers Warriors. It's like, all right, I guess the Lakers can can win this thing now, I guess. Mm-hmm. And Suns and Denver's been very entertaining. Just lots of points. Devin, Devin Booker putting up points. Durant. Jokic had 53 the other night. And 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 a, and a shove of an owner. So that's got to go so in the shove the owner down. So it's been a lot of... It's been enjoyable to watch, and all right, see what's happened with these games because you don't quite know. You feel like Golden State Lakers might still go seven, and that you feel like that storyline of can LeBron get to another title, and people seem to think this is it for Golden State, like this is their last hurrah. Well, they don't, don't you think so? I mean, they won eleven road games all year this year, and it felt like they just did not take the regular season seriously. Yep. And, like, here it is, 3-1. LeBron's never lost up 3-1. And, like, they very easily could have won the other night. They've made a couple of blowouts here or there, but a lot of these games have come down uh, to the final possessions. You know, the Suns and Denver, it's like Denver's been the best team in the West all year. But you've got the Suns, everybody thinks, is the better team. And they're winning but without Chris Paul. Denver's got home court, and can they win in Denver? Nobody's been able to win in Denver yet. Right. Can they win without – can they keep winning without Chris Paul? I think well, that's – Without a win. Chris Paul, probably, I would say. 
So, like, if it's Denver Lakers, you feel like that's kind of what the Lakers want. Like, most people would probably pick the Lakers because nobody wants to pick Denver. And, yeah, you got Boston. I'm like, wait for Boston to do something here. And let's go. This is your title to potentially win, but they can continue to – like, Embiid, Embiid misses game one, Sixers win, he comes back for game two to get their ass kicked. Like, none of it makes any sense. Well, so. James Harden took his cape, brought it to the yeah. dry cleaners for game two. Get the, the, the worst possible final for the NBA, which honestly could very well happen, would be Denver-Miami. Yeah. Be an odd matchup. Ratings have been best in, what, 10 years for this Lakers-Warriors series? Understandably so. Get like 8, 9 million people watching these games. They're just, you got stars, Mm -hmm. an NBA Finals-type matchup in the the second round with LeBron and Steph Curry and the whole bunch. So, it's been fun to watch. And we've been halfway through this fucking thing yet. It's like... We still got like to the middle of June. We're not even in the halfway part of May. Right. We have to like June fifteenth yep. till this thing gets over with. Christ, we're 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 over a month away from this thing even ending. Well, maybe maybe if these games pick up a little faster, you know, if these series wrap up, you can start the conference finals. Uh, faster. I don't think so. I don't think we're starting anything anytime soon. I know. I, I like Philadelphia is fuck. Philadelphia's up fourteen. Yeah. Okay, 12 here, halfway through the third. What the hell is this? So there's that. Does it? What, what, did, what did hockey do this year that? Does, like, hockey usually starts before the basketball, doesn't it? It does normally. I'm not sure why it... Uh, there's no Olympics or no... Nope. Um, start? I, I think maybe they just uh, spread the season out a little bit. I mean, they're both going to wrap up at roughly the same time. Um Space in the games has been all right. Usually a day off between most of these games. You had Denver and Phoenix play Monday, then they didn't play till Friday. It's like, do we really need three days off? So, well, it's because they played Saturday too, though. It's a chance to get the Saturday, other Saturday, Monday. Like you can't play fucking Thursday. Well, it's again just to get the other series kind of caught up. So, it's it's been it's been good. It's been fun. It's been entertaining because there's not one dominant team. The NBA can get very boring when one team is the best because that team usually wins. It's, it's not difficult to pick the NBA champion a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, this year, this year, this year, still, it would be quite difficult to pick the finals now. Without a doubt, you had to pick it like it's. I don't know. You stick with Boston and. You know, Boston Phoenix, Boston Denver, Boston Lakers, Philadelphia Warriors. Who knows? You never know. You, absolutely. I still want the Suns ultimately to to win this thing, I think. Um, I think it would vindicate Kevin Durant a little bit. Um, but, you know, at the same time, I think he's always going to have his detractors. And I, I'm one of them to a degree. Uh like I, I heard somebody else say, you know, they, they, they can root for Durant much more than when he played for the Golden State Warriors or with Brooklyn. Oh, and I, I never said I wouldn't root for him. I just don't look at him being like one of the 
in terms oh, of getting the rings, the in terms of getting the rings, he's never been the guy to do it by himself. Yeah. He's always yeah. needed the help. But then he goes to Phoenix, and it's like, well, Phoenix is pretty good. Like Devin Booker's pretty good. Yep. Like Chris Paul's up there, and you know he's around, but you know they don't have that third guy who's in his prime. But there's a reason people why people think Phoenix is. I mean, they're they're right there, and like any of those four teams in the West can win it. So. Yep. Yeah, the NBA playoffs uh, certainly have been entertaining so far, and hopefully though that will continue throughout. You know here. What? Going back to baseball, Tampa yeah. Bay, the, the Rays remind me of Brock Purdy. Where it's like, what else can they do? Like, what else can Brock Purdy do? He's a, he's a seventh round pick, and he's like seven and zero. Oh. People just continue to discount him. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know. At some point, you just gotta admit, well, he's good. Or he's good enough to win games. Tampa Bay, I mean, Tampa Bay's dominating. Yes. It's like, just get used to it. They may not win at all, but we're in the beginning of May and they're pretty good right now. That's an, that's an interesting comparison. I like it. I like it a lot. It's like, just because he wasn't supposed to be good or just because Tampa Bay wasn't supposed to be the best team, it doesn't mean that they're not. Right. It's like, well, a lot of things happen because the NFL schedule coming up. We're oh, they're going to win this game. They're going to win that game. We have no idea because we have no idea who's going to be good. Right. We've got a pretty good idea the Chiefs are going to be good. I feel like, you know, Bengals, Buffalo, good chances to be good. Giants were awful last year. They were good this year. That's why I always hold off on predicting the NFL, like NFL records and stuff, until the week before because I want to see what injuries occur during training camp. I want to see how the teams look in the preseason. You know, if there's a breakout star, if they, you know, some, if a quarterback's struggling or whatnot. I want to see that. Before I could just declare, oh, look at you know, look at how this schedule lays out the way it does for the Chiefs or the Bengals, like you said. Um, yeah, that's why I hold off on that until um, yeah. until the beginning of September. Um, Mark Straxler going to join us here to um, talk about the NHL playoffs and. Whatnot? Uh, did you do you have any thoughts? Do you want to discuss what took place in the NHL draft lottery Monday night? Yes. Okay. Uh, let's let's talk about it then, because I'm pissed off. Um, I'm calling conspiracy theory on the NHL. I'm calling the NHL rigged. Uh, set the and of course, like we'll talk. Marcus and I. Oh, spoiler alert! We recorded our segment. Of the podcast, even though it's coming up later, we we recorded what think about? Monday night. He he kind of he says he doesn't buy into the conspiracy theories, but if there was any time no. to buy no. into it, this would be one of them. Um, that it that it appears to be a little rigged. Um, set the scene for you here. Uh, for for those listening, uh, NHL draft lottery. It the NHL draft lottery is is. Kind of stupid the way they have the team. Like, no team can have the number one pick more than twice in a five-year span. The teams outside of the top ten. Like, you can only move up ten spots. If it, It's ridiculous. It, so, like, a team at 15th with a, uh, that has, like, a 0.5% chance of getting the number one overall pick, if they were to get number one, they would only slide up ten spots to five. So, it, it doesn't make any sense. 
with that all being said, they they do this NHL draft lottery from Secaucus, New Jersey, which I, where I believe the NBA does their NBA draft lottery as well. And 16 through 4 go in, like every team that was, you know, percentage-wise slotted in their spot, that's what they were. So I'm thinking here, okay, they're going to unveil the top three after the commercial break. And it appeared they were about to. And then Kevin Weeks from ESPN says, oh, and here we have the first flip here. And so Connor Bedard will either go to the Chicago Blackhawks or the Anaheim Ducks. And I'm thinking, like, okay, the, the ESPN – but the, the the deputy commissioner daily for the NHL, he wasn't on the screen flipping the card to show who had the number three overall pick. So I'm thinking – Okay, either ESPN had like a little snafu or something with production and the camera didn't uh, work, or maybe maybe I'm just maybe something happened to Hulu and I'm just getting the sound and the, the video's not coming up. I thought maybe something happened there, but they go to commercial and then they come back and they John Butchergrass says, "Oh, here's the the th- we have three spots left." And it's like, okay, Columbus gets three. All right, the, the, so Kevin Weeks. Spoiled it for everyone, and then I knew, you know, if you're looking at this Connor Bedard, who is a generational type talent, he is Connor McDavid, Sidney Crosby esque. I don't, I won't say the great one. I won't say Wayne Gretzky, but he is a generational talent, 17 years old, and I knew going in, I'm like, the the more that Chicago, I didn't see the Blackhawks there. Well, where do you think the NHL is going to want this kid? Anaheim with the Ducks, Columbus, Ohio with the Blue Jackets, or would you rather go to a big medium market, Chicago? They've, you know, one of the original six teams. They just fire sailed like the, they're two big stars. They they haven't been good for the last couple of years. Let's let's do that. This completely screams rigged. And then you flip up the card. Who's the number one? Oh, the Blackhawks, which means the Ducks get the two spot, and Connor Bedard is going to be a Blackhawk. It's absolutely rigged I'm calling a conspiracy theory between what Kevin Weeks did even if that was a bit of a gaffe or in just with the NHL like between those three states absolutely this thing is rigged 100% and I need evidence and normally I'm not like this I don't go to this extreme but I need evidence and sound logic and reasoning to support why it's not rigged because the optics tell otherwise I read something tonight on The Athletic about it. Apparently, they had somebody in the room, and they kind of had a timeline of how they did it. And apparently, they only did two lottery, what do you call it, results, I guess, because that's all they needed to figure this out. They got the four ping-pong balls and those four numbers that represented one of Chicago's numbers, so Chicago got the first pick. Mm-hmm. And then they did it again, and then four more numbers popped up. And who got the second pick? Anaheim. Anaheim, and that was their combination. So Anaheim got the second pick, and apparently they didn't need to do anything else because that's all they needed to know, apparently. Just since those two teams got the pick, everything else was the same. So so that's whatever, whatever that process is, that's what the process is. Apparently, but like the athletic, I saw on Twitter that the athletic reached out to both Kevin Weeks and I believe the NHL, and they no commented on the situation. Which, it, by not well, what saying, what seems to happen is that he said something, 
I believe it, it must have been on the teleprompter. That's what I've heard. If something was on the teleprompter, well, okay. he read it. Is he Ron, he's Ron fucking Burgundy then. <laughs> apparently, he says, what, Columbus jumps up to three, I was apparently, or whatever. He's guilty of spoiling the results. Like, it's not rigged. He... Because the process took place, what, an hour before this happened. So the results are done. This has no bearing on the results. All he did was spoil it. Like, there's nothing rigged about it. It's not like he... I, I don't... I understand people are upset. They're upset that it's... I guess they're upset Chicago got the pick, and they're upset that it was spoiled. It's like, well... I'm more upset with the fact that you're going to learn about it in two minutes after the commercial break. You learned about it before the commercial break. They came back. It was awkward. Like it has no bearing on what the results were. The results were decided an hour ago before we even knew about it. So it wasn't rigged. He just spoiled the results. It's like, whatever, give me the results now. Give them to me later. Give them to me fucking next year. I don't care. It's like, I fucking all at the screen at once. If I care, it's like I don't, I don't care. And I get that. And I, I'm not saying like that part is necessarily rigged, but it just contributes. It adds to the whole debacle of this NHL draft. And I, I still believe that it is uh, that the NHL somehow did something to to get Chicago that number one pick. And it sucks because the Wilder and the Blackhawks division. Uh, but the no commenting by Kevin Weeks or ESPN or the NHL regarding the whole thing, it just adds more distrust to the overall product. The optics of this are very bad, and the NHL should try and get ahead of it. If you want people to buy into your product, you need to have a level of trust, and that has been law. A certain degree of that trust has been lost in this, again, uh, the, the... Best word for it, I think, is debacle of an NHL draft lottery. Why do you think it was right? Be- oh, the- Chicago got the pick? Yes, because Chicago got the pick because they wanted this generational-type talent to not get lost in the middle of Ohio in Columbus. They didn't want him to go to a bad team in in Anaheim. They want, like, Chicago's bad right now, but this guy can turn it around because it's the Blackhawks. It's a media dark... Uh, Big media market. It's an original six NHL team, a team that just came off a, a, a you know a dynasty with three cups this century. The last time they had the number one overall pick, they took Patrick Kane, and he helped lead the the Blackhawks to three Stanley Cup championships. It just with this generational type talent, they want him in a good spot. They don't want him in. Um, they don't want him in these other cities. So I I do believe. That just the way it all played out, and and there's a lot of issues. Chicago or uh, Marcus brought this up too. That the other way you could look at it is that given because the the Blackhawks have had some issues with their front office. I believe there was some hazing or whatever of a of a, a gay player or something like that um, that came out like last year, a couple years ago. So they've had to deal with some off the ice issues that have not made the organization look good. And Marcus said, well, if you want the conspiracy out there, you would make sure that they don't land this guy. And I totally get that. But at the same time, 
you want the the headlines, you want to talk about it. It's kind of like the the um, the the point you made about the Tampa Bay Rays. You know, if the the Yankees were twenty six or twenty seven and seven or twenty seven and eight, if the Red Sox, if they were, if it were the Dodgers, we would be talking nonstop about it. But because it's the Rays, we don't really talk about them being the best team. We don't talk about them as much as we should. It would be the same thing regarding this kid, this Connor Bedard. If he were in Columbus or Anaheim, yeah, you would talk about him a bit, but it wouldn't be as focused and driven uh, like it will be in Chicago. Who's the best player in hockey? Currently? Yeah. Connor McDavid, I would say. Do you think the NHL wants him in Edmonton or somewhere else? They probably want him somewhere else. So he got—he was the number one pick in 2015. Yep. He went to Edmonton. Yep. All right, that's, you know, whatever. They're good now. He's good. Like, it's not great because it just isn't one. Like, there's too much to lose because if something comes out, oh, this is rigged as well. Then yeah, we've seen all these things with the uh, with the college students recently about Iowa, Iowa State, Alabama's under investigation for students betting on sports. Well, Alabama's baseball head coach got fired last week for gambling. And some of these things, yeah, some of these things seem to be like minor things when it comes to Iowa, Iowa State. A lot of people involved, but what are they betting on? Well, you can't bet on anything. Like, and that's covering. A lot of different sports too. I think I see something like it specifically at Iowa, like twenty six programs are potentially impacted or something like that. Like college students, specifically college athletes, bet on sports. We know of first hand examples of that. Mm-hmm. I think the statute of limitations is probably up on that from twelve plus years ago, thirteen, fifteen years ago. It's like, okay, as long as you're not throwing games, as long as you're not impacting the results of games, fine. So there's that. And what, what, Calvin Ridley, was he the one that was suspended? Yes. For a year for betting on a game that didn't even involve his team, did it? No. Yeah, and he was injured. It seems to me to be a pretty minor infraction. And they say, oh, by the way, here's a year. Look what's going on with the Lions right now. Yeah, it's like, I guess if you don't want it to happen, have the penalty be stiff. It, and with the, with the, with the Blackhawks, uh, I read an article, there were, uh, what, the, what the Devils were penalized years ago for that contract, and um, what the Coyotes were penalized because they worked out players when they weren't supposed to. Mm-hmm. But then the sexual assault thing happens with the Blackhawks, and that penalty is not as stiff as those two. But yeah. it seems like this thing is much more egregious than what the Devils and the Coyotes did. You're right. Oh, absolutely it is. So, like, why, why do they get off with the less fine, no draft picks? It, is, it doesn't make any sense. But It, it doesn't. Which, so, again, plays we, even if it goes flawlessly, you still think it's right because Chicago, regardless of if the ESPN guy spoiled pick number three. Yep. Even if that doesn't happen, are people still being upset today with with this? I think they would be a little... But because the guy spoiled pick three, 
they're upset. I, I, think, I, don't I think it's, it, again, it's just the optics. And when you have that level of trust, it, when you have a trust issue... The, Why do people think it's rigged, though, because of that? Because like, of who, who's the guy? Who's the guy? That Kevin Weeks. Kevin Weeks. He's got no... He's just a commentator. Like, he's got no say in the process. It's it, 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 like if he was the guy revealing the picks... And he says, Columbus at number three before he even opens the envelope right. that he had no idea about. Then, okay, then he got something there. The guy who's not supposed to be, not supposed to know the results, somehow knows the results or something. How do you, okay, then, then maybe he got something there. How does he not know, though, that there's going to be a commercial break there? They're coming, and he's like... I saw Someone he, again, said in his ear, or he read the prompter, or he he, had, he took a picture he with production snafu. He he took a picture with with uh, Deputy Commissioner Daly earlier, so I know they're in like the same room. It's not. I mean, it's he's, he's got to be able to see Daly right there. So so if we're doing like the NBA draft lottery. That's got to be coming up here. I have no idea what it is. It's got to be fuck it in the next couple weeks. Yep. And you've got whoever, I don't know, pick a name of some stupid-ass ESPN guy, Jalen Rhodes, or pick, uh, what's his name, Jay Billis. Jay Billis is there for the draft thing. Mm-hmm. And they're saying, oh, the Chicago Bulls have jumped to three. Oh, hold on. You got the Bulls left. You got Houston. You got Orlando. Orlando left. And then Jay Billis says, oh, the Bulls are number three. Oh, hold on. We got to go to commercial. Sorry. Like, I wouldn't give a shit, and let's say uh, Houston gets the pick. It's like, all right, I don't give a shit that he spoiled pick three, and I feel like people are upset about that. It's like, whatever. I don't care. It didn't, not how they intended it, but I, I, that's what happened. But I do think there's a certain and amount of... Perf- and then that doesn't cause me to think, oh, it's rigged. The NBA's rigged it because... Obviously, saw it, and, and that's why he said it. I, I feel like you know, we found your blog post for this week. <laughs> I think so, but it's like, I, I don't even know what... I think, though, what, it's... What, what was that? I honestly think, though, it, it's in part... the It's in part who is available at number one. Like, this year for uh, for the NBA, it, it's... Uh, Wembenyama from France. He is by far like one of the best prospects that the NBA draft has seen, or like best number one overall picks in maybe a decade, almost close to it, five to ten years. Like it's a long time since we've had this guy. He is a unicorn of sorts, and so if he goes to like a major media market, let let's say Chicago, or he goes to uh, I don't know. Dallas Mavericks, you know the San Antonio Spurs. Heck, I mean, we, we remember the Tim Duncan deal. Like, who, I'm just saying, like, like, if you feel like the NBA wanted LeBron James somewhere other than Cleveland, no, it's his local team, so people could say, oh, they wanted him to stay home by Cleveland. Right, that's the hometown. So Cleveland, it's like, no, could he go? Imagine into into what the Pistons? Does the Pistons get the two pick? Yeah, Darko Milicic that year. Imagine if the Pistons got the number one pick. They already won an NBA title, or they were about to. Yep. And he had LeBron James. Like, they're they're, they're just not rigged. There's no evidence of it. The the mishap on the production side is nothing. 
Like there's just there's just nothing there. There just isn't anything. I know I'm 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 taking a little bit of an immature uh, stance in this. Oh, I get nothing. Silly stance. Oh, you have Anthony like it just isn't right. You got Anthony Davis, the Charlotte Bobcats tanked to get Anthony Davis. They didn't get him. They got the number two pick. It's again. It's it's. <laughs> It's just all of the factors that that go into this, all of the optics of it. It just doesn't, it doesn't appear like it was fair. That's like like the the athletic was in the room. They did an article, and they said, "Here's what happened." Like what? What the Blackhawks had the third best odds. Yes. Yep. So it's not like they came out. They went eleven percent. So this was not. Again, like you can't be out of the top five or whatever and get the pick or whatever. Or you can't be in the you know ten to fifteen or jump up so many spots. Mm-hmm. If I were to tell you, like, oh yeah, Chicago won the first pick, like, would that be surprising? I'd be like, go figure. The Blackhawks get it. That's just the great. time you have Columbus, you have Chicago. It was probably going to be one of those three teams. Like the Bulls got Derrick Rose, they had like a one percent shot to get Derrick Rose. Like, they jumped up from, like, 10, 11 to 1. Like, all right, that would be like, well, that's a surprise. Like, there's just nothing here. You're probably right. Probably right. But it's still still ticked. And we're talking about it. We would never spent the last 15 minutes talking about hockey because. Right. So, uh, in some ways, this, this, ain't, this ain't too bad. Yeah, it, it, well, what's the old adage? People are so nope. upset about this little mishap. It's like, who cares? He made a mistake. He spoiled the pick a couple minutes early. It's like, okay. Like the, it's, it's like the football schedule. I I can tell you who the Vikings are going to play already. I'm not going to know until Thursday. I, can tell, I can't tell you when, but I can tell you who they're going to play. Right. We've known this for years. We know for the next five years, every year, who they're going to play. Mm-hmm. The Saints, Buccaneers, Chiefs, Chargers, 49ers at home. They're going to be at Atlanta, Carolina, Denver, Vegas, Cincinnati, and Eagles. I know that now. I knew that three, four years ago. Well, we didn't know the Eagles, the Bengals, and the 49ers because you knew most of them. You knew 13, 14, yes. and Yep. Yep. You know. Next year, next year they're going to host. Arizona, San Francisco, Houston, the Colts, they're going to be at Tennessee, they're going to be at Seattle, Jacksonville, and the Rams next year. Like, we know this. Like We know that. Then that's... Thing of, here's the schedule release. It would be something, like, if we didn't know what the schedule was, then we're like, oh, my God, I have no idea who my favorite team is going to play. We just want to know the prime time games. We want to know, like, the, yeah, are the ending at home. We want to know the times of these games. But is there... The need for them, they'll do this thing, and more people watch that thing on Thursday than will watch any baseball game that night or any hockey game that night. Yes, or basketball, maybe. Yeah, man, maybe not basketball. But it's like, what are we watching? It's like, all right, these are games in September. It's May. I know what they are. I don't care what time of day they are. I don't care what month they are. You may not, but others do. That's Others do? Yep. The Vikings will play the Bears on a fucking Monday night. I know that. I hope not. I really hope not, but you're probably right. Play the goddamn Lions twice at noon because 
they, I remember they played Thanksgiving plenty against Detroit. I remember a Thursday night non-Thanksgiving game years ago. Maybe they played Detroit at 3, 3 o'clock once. I don't remember it. Like, they always play Detroit at night. They just always do. Well, they played... They're, Detroit's never anywhere. Right. I think they're going to play Detroit on Thanksgiving. Again. Uh, that is my that is my prediction. So I, I posted something, uh, and I, I've been working on this here for the last yeah. week. Uh, do you want me to t- do you want to discuss any of this at all? You've got your week one matchups, prime time, man. You you you've gone through this. Yep. What do you what do you make? So like they gave the the week one. Uh, what, I, do I, have, what do you have to buy? I, I saw Trey Wingo. He said, "When is the buy?" Uh, he's like, we have three, three out of four games on the road, something like that. Yep, I, I look at it all. I look at it all. What, what, uh, they're, they're, uh, you can be at any station at any time. There's no CBS, ABA, AFC specific games anymore. And that's stupid, uh, I hate that. I really, I really yeah. hate that. Um. There's that, there, you can be on Thursday night more than once. Yep. Every team doesn't have to have a primetime game. Which is good, because we don't need the Arizona Cardinals on national television at all this year. Like, they, they just... Like, all what, all the teams that don't have a real primetime game, you put them on Thursday night, and that counts. Yes, so, that would be their because one. Because the, the, the Jets and Jacksonville, they haven't been on a legitimate... Maybe the Jets on Monday night, but, like, Jacksonville hasn't been on their... What? A decade, probably. Yes. Uh, I th- so the Jets haven't been on Sunday Night Football in 12 years. I think Jacksonville hasn't been on Sunday Night Football in 15 years. How did the Giants get on? The Giants have been, I feel like, just as bad as anybody. Yeah. They're always on. Because you get to play the Cowboys. And that... Oh, yeah. Well, what the Jets get to play, play New England? Yeah. I, I'm not I'm not denying that that's... I have as much interest in Jets Patriots usually mm-hmm. than I do fucking Cowboys Giants. Every te- like Teams can have up to six nationally primetime games a year, and I think you're going to see multiple teams with that. The Jets will have six, the Chiefs will have six. The I, would, I, I would like to uh, put together like in the Sunday night schedules, All right, here's what I think is going to be the Sunday night games. That's, and that's what I did. I would like you did everything. You did, well, you did the Vikings. You did uh, what the three thirty games. The right. Yeah. Yep. I did. I did. I did. Yeah, I did early games. I did late late afternoon games, Sunday night games, Monday night games, Thursday night games, and then the Europe games. Um, So I laid it all out. If I've got time, maybe in the next day or two, I'll go through and make up my Sunday night schedule. Okay, I so the the openings. So I changed it up a little bit. Initially, I had the opening kickoff game Miami at Kansas City. I don't foresee it being Cincinnati, Kansas City. It sure won't be Philadelphia, Kansas City. Um, why I, would you not? Why would they not do those games? Those are the two biggest games you could do. Because you can. I think everyone's going to be geared up for the uh, two reasons. One, you're going to be geared up for the first game of the regular season anyway. That NFL kickoff is here. Why waste that di- that night on a prime opponent like the Bengals or the Eagles? Save those games for like later on in the season, like or early, early in the season, like week four, week five, something like that. Uh, week ten, if you want. Um, 
wait for those games. Put those games in some good slots. Um, I I do think the Bengals have a legit chance there because there is intrigue in there. But I also think that the NFL would like the Super Bowl champion to get off on a good start. Um, so you kind of factor the opponent in there. I had Miami in as the as the kickoff opponent initially uh, because Tyreek's return to uh, Kansas City. You have Tua coming back, this explosive Dolphins offense. It could be pretty good. It would be a good game. I've switched that now. I've put Denver in as the opening game kickoff opponent for Kansas City. Sean Payton, Russell Wilson making their way to Kansas City. I think that has some storylines to it. And I think you'd rather get that out right away rather than hope that Denver is going to be good this year and that Russell Wilson will be back to his, you know, let Russ cook self. Um, So I've moved, I've switched it now from Miami to Denver. Denver at Kansas City to open up the season. And your, what are your Sunday night, Monday nights? Sunday night. We're getting Aaron Rodgers in primetime. It's a battle of New York. Giants, Jets. A lot of interest there. Yep. Yep. You want Aaron Rodgers in primetime. Um, I can't the Packers Bears week 11 on Monday night. Yeah, we, we could. Both, both teams are about three and fucking seven. For the record, I do not have the uh, Packers on Sunday night at all uh, this year. I have them. They should not be on Sunday night. They should not be on Monday. No, I, I, I you're right, but. I have them for two Monday night games. Uh, Chicago, I have them for a one Thursday night game, and that's it. Um, and- like the Vikings usually only have initially one Sunday night game. Yep. And with, with all the, hopefully this doesn't continue with the excitement we've had the last couple of years. But you look at that and you're like, God damn, every game Minnesota plays comes down to the end. Right. right. Why would you not put, it doesn't matter who they play. Let's, let's put them on Sunday night more than once. Well, I think they're just not as good. They could. They could this year uh, because the they are one of the better NFC teams, I would say, you know, between, you know, certainly behind Philadelphia and San Francisco, maybe Seattle and possibly Detroit. But that's it. Then it's the Vikings. Right, look at Sunday night teams. Uh, Washington should not be on Sunday night. Agreed. Uh, the, the Packers and Bears should not be. Yep. Uh, there should not be a single NFC South team on there. Agreed. Maybe the Saints. I'll give maybe the Saints a path. Yep. Buccaneers, no. Panthers, no. Falcons, no. Uh, no. San Francisco should be three times. The entire AFC South shouldn't be. I'd put Jacksonville on once. I think they're going to be good. I think so, I too, but if you recall... On. After their AFC Championship run in 2017 with Blake Bottles uh, into England, there uh, they didn't. The, the difference being, they have Trevor Lawrence this year. There's more. It seems like there's a sustained level of success with Jacksonville, and I get that. I just don't know if the NFL is going to put them in there or not. Uh, for the record, I have Jackson. I'm not. I'm not going to gamble on Denver being good. I'm not they either. were on way too much, and they were not good. I agree. I have them with three national primetime games. Yeah. Uh, you know, all, all the powers in the AFC. So the Monday night game. So, I, you look I, at Jacksonville. I look at their schedule here. I want to give them a Sunday nighter. Yep. Uh, look at them in Buffalo. 
That's a possibility. I put them with Buffalo at noon. I because I, I look at Buffalo if you between Buffalo playing the NFC East and the AFC East, you know, t- opponents twice. Plus you got Kansas City plus Cincinnati in there. I I don't know where you can fit a national primetime game with Jacksonville this year for the Bills. I just don't. Um uh, the Jaguars, for the record, I have them two Monday night games, home against Baltimore and at Tennessee, and then a Thursday night game at Tampa Bay. They need, you want, I think I've mentioned this before, mm-hmm. if you want, I don't know, 10 or 15 million is maybe too much. If you want a lot of people to watch this schedule thing, Mm-hmm. You have a draft of the of the schedule. Oh, like the like what the networks claim which games right. they want. Yeah, you got the first pick. What game do you want? Oh, yeah. uh, we want we want Bills Chiefs. Okay, uh, NBC. You've got pick two. What do you want? Um, we want you know whatever. Yeah, snake draft. We want we want the Bengals Chiefs. Okay. Yep. Um, televise that. You televise that. That would get at least ten million people. Oh, for sure, for sure. I agree with that. Um, my opening Monday night. Apparently, there's going to be three Monday nights with uh, double headers this year, as opposed to the one last year that we had. Um, the Monday night game opening week. I moved this around a little bit, uh, but I just think you gotta you gotta start it off good. Make sure nothing happens. I have. Buffalo at Cincinnati, Monday Night Football, week one. DeMar Hamlin comes back and tries not to die. Yep. I think I think the NFL has to give Bengals or Bills Bengals to ESPN again after what happened last year. They have yeah. to. Um, so that's what I have. Uh, Thanksgiving games just to to uh, oh the, the 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 three twenty the late afternoon games on Sundays just a few of them that I spot uh, highlighted I have San Francisco at Jacksonville Detroit at Green Bay and Dallas at Philadelphia. All right, uh, well, a lot of games, a lot of good games to choose from. Yes, and then quickly my Thanksgiving Day triple header: Minnesota at Detroit, the Jets at Dallas. And you want to hear this? Uh, this is a way out of left field one. Houston at Carolina tonight, cap it. Number one versus number two rookie quarterbacks. Oh, that's that game's no, got to be in prime like time. That could be like week two or three Thursday night. It could be. It, it very well could be. That could be the opening Thursday night game. Uh, to... they gonna, is the first Thursday night game going to be the best one all year where they're going to give us, you know, Jets, Dolphins, or something halfway. The NFL is going to try extra, like really hard to to make Amazon's uh, Thursday night lineup really good. Uh, we're not going to see these putrid matchups, so which is why they're saying. Not I'll, every, I'll, I'll believe that when I. That, but that's why they're saying not every team gets a national televised game this year. I'll believe that. When it comes out, we'll find out here very shortly. Thursday night schedule and say, "Really, this is my." I I get that I'm weird, but this is my favorite day of the 
of the NFL offseason. I love NFL schedule release day. I will stay off Twitter this year because uh, I don't want to find out, uh, you know, the leaks and everything. I want to be completely surprised uh, when when we. I mean, we'll know some of the uh, like a couple of games because the networks will uh, announce a game or two. Oh, I have all the leaks from you. Wednesday night and throughout the day Thursday. Oh, week five, it's going to be this game. It's like, blow it out your ass. Yeah, I, I just don't even want to entertain the notion of that. I know Marcus said he likes to do it just to or look at it just to see how many are right, how many are wrong, but I, I don't want to do that uh, this year. So, looking forward to that. I'll have some reaction to it next week. Um, uh, and I'll have my official prediction. Uh, on the Viking schedule, I've made a rough outline of it. I might make a few changes, but uh, that will be unveiled in uh, the blog on Thursday. Stack Attack, uh, stackattack.sportsblog.com in the stack. You'd be like three right, you'd be really happy with that. Yes, absolutely. Two right, two right day, week, time. Yep. You'd be very happy. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, final thing I have here. Kentucky Derby was last week, and it's got a lot of eyeballs. I gotta admit, I, I saw Forte, uh, the favorite, three to one, going into Saturday. Yeah, uh, when he got scratched after a pre-morning workout or whatever, my interest dropped dramatically. And Maj Maje Mage or whatever uh, won it when it came back down the stretch with it. I mean, it's the most exciting two minutes in sports. Uh, but this horse came back and, and won, uh, what, 15 to 1 odds or something like that. But the whole, it, everything to me got overshadowed by the fact that seven horses died at Churchill Downs over the week. Well, um, wow. That is a lot. And I would love to get a veterinarian's opinion at some point. So if we know anyone that, that would have any idea like why do you have to put a horse down if they get injured in a rate like can't you do a surgery or something so that they can at least live a little longer why do we have to put them down and why it, it you know we we saw this at what santa and um out in california there at the breeders cup silly this is the first i've ever heard of like uh churchill downs in louisville ahead of the kentucky derby having this many deaths by uh, of horses and to me it's like whoa what what's going on here and it just takes away from the race and the forte didn't they didn't put him down but still when you get when he gets scratched and you have other favorites that get scratched it's like okay what, what kind of race is this yeah so seven horses is a lot they just died well, and by okay. died, they, they put him down because they, like, broke a leg or something like that. Okay, uh, this is because horses have heavy bodies and delicate, delicate, delicate legs. Broken leg bones are usually shattered, making surgery and recovery impossible. It feels like you could save a horse with a broken leg with technology to put a rod in its leg. Yes. You, you, you do something, like, why... And these are horses worth millions of dollars. Why a horse gets hurt and you fucking kill? Yeah, I mean, it's leg. Well, it's like really you can't. 
really an old tiny legs, big body, but it can't breed. It can't do anything. It's and, pretty useless. Yeah, and, and that but, makes yeah. sense. The heavy body, the the you know the, the skinny, you know. The, but still, it's like really, it's like I don't know. Wait, you would think there would be another way. The whole thing just seems very inhumane, and the fact that how many, how many how many horses would have to die before they're like, you know what? Maybe we maybe we skip this this year. Well, I mean, seven goddamn horses. Not they're not all in the Kentucky Derby, but Jesus Christ, yeah, seven fucking horses died. Yeah, well, that's why I say it. it to me, it took a lot out of the the Derby. It's like I, I don't I don't have that. You know, I, I like watching it because I want to see. Okay, now, now when the um, the Preakness happens in a few weeks, I want to see. Okay, is is Maj, you know, M A G E? Is it is this horse can can it complete a Triple Crown potentially? That's why the Preakness is always interesting after the Kentucky Derby. The Kentucky Derby is the Super Bowl. It's the the Daytona Five Hundred of horse racing. Um, I want to see that, but just given. Everything surrounding it—it's just—it it didn't. It to me, it lost a lot of luster. But apparently, the ratings were really good, and I was surprised by that because of every, because of all the circum, um, because of all the the outside factors and and stuff that was playing a, a part of this race. I not. I used to watch. I haven't watched in a while. I oh, there was a triple crown winner that one year. Yes. I, I, I couldn't tell you who it was. I know there was one. Mm-hmm. It hadn't happened in forever. It finally happened. Has there been one since then? Has there only been one? Um. Yeah, I don't believe... Uh, it was Justify in 2018. American Pharaoh in 2015. Well, there were, there's been two of them in the last... And I, like, you know, it, it happened. Yeah, two of them happened in four years. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I forgot. I remember the horses. I, I could have told you they were. But yeah, it's just... Yeah, it's terrible. Terrible. Yeah, don't like it at, at all. And we'll, we'll see if anything comes. I mean, I'm sure they're going to do investigation and and whatnot. Uh, some trainers I know, or at least one trainer had been suspended or whatever. 16.4 million people watched it on, on Sunday. Up 3%. Um, mm. So that's big. Anything else uh, that we need to get to here before we say so long? Talked about this a while ago. Former Bills punter Matt Ariza. Mm, mm-hmm. He was what uh, alleged in a gang rape back in college. Where did he go to college? San, San, San Diego, Diego State. State. Uh, the the Jackrabbits down in uh, Southern California. There. The SEC Jackrabbits. Um. And it was alleged last year that he was involved in a gang rape back in San Diego. So the Bills cut him, and he's a very exciting punter, boots at 60, 70 yards. And it came out like a day ago that, no, he had nothing to do with anything. A couple months ago, I mentioned that there's really not much going on here, and they've kind of cleared him of any wrongdoing. Now it's new evidence that Matt Ariza, who was accused of rape, was not present at the house when the woman alleges he raped her. Like, he wasn't even there. He had nothing to do with anything. And this guy's life has been ruined. Mm-hmm. And they cut him because he was guilty before proven innocent. 
is some team going to give this guy a shot? I would. Now that he's clear, I, I would I doubt hope so. You you doubt it? Why do we give? But like, why does Deshaun Watson get a pass? Because he's a quarterback and he's very good. This guy's a punter. Ding ding ding. Well, that Deshaun Watson did what he did dozens and dozens of times. Doesn't matter. This guy did nothing. Does he get another shot? I hope so. He's certainly talented enough. He's kicked. He's punted balls longer than than I've ever seen anybody kick a football before. Mm-hmm. That would mean you should probably sign this guy. The Bills had him. Bills drafted him. If he doesn't get picked up this year, it's ridiculous. If he never gets picked up again, evidence shows the accuser was having consensual sex with several other men that night. That's what they have found. Those are the findings. What's this guy doing now? I have no idea. This is a... Maybe that is my next call. Could be, uh, yeah, I, I like that. This is it, this is a very tricky and delicate story to go around because because no, we see all these things and whenever we see these things, we always assume these people are guilty. Yep. People hate Trevor Bauer. He's now in Japan pitching over there. Trevor Bauer will never pitch in the majors again. Yeah. He'll probably be in Japan for the next 10 years. He will never pitch in Major League Baseball again. I don't know what he did, what he didn't do. Maybe he did something, maybe he didn't. Like, we don't know that. But they suspended him for, what, 324-some games. So what what should happen to this woman who ruined this guy's football career? Well, yeah. Is anything going to happen to her? I... I would say whatever would have happened to Matt Ariza had he been guilty should happen to this woman. Well, I think a civil suit, a libel. Um, I mean, if, if he was convicted of this, put him in jail for whatever, six months, two years, whatever. She said this, it's not true. You should go to prison for six months, ten months, whatever. The problem is, you know... For every one, you know, for, for every person that that lies about it, uh, and in this case, this appears this young lady did, there are other victims out there who will claim it, who were actually raped or, or sexually abused, um, assaulted, and they won't, they will turn a blind eye to it. We won't take their story seriously because it's like the boy who cried wolf. It, it's the same. It, it's un, it's just it's very unfortunate all the way around. Um, I, I I don't. There, there was it, a show we watched when it was on some channel, some Netflix, some woman early eighties, like in the Northeast, New England area. She was raped at a bar. She said by like five different men. They went to trial, but they convicted three of them. Somehow, two of them got off. And this whole town went crazy, and they hated this lady because she came forward. And this was you know, 40 years ago. Mm-hmm. But it's like that. And she appeared to have a credible case. And then a couple of years later, she was down in Florida, appeared to have committed suicide by running her car into a tree. And nobody cared. Nobody knew about it. it was, her story was a big deal at the time. She left town, and that was basically the end of her life. And in most time, when a woman comes forward with these allegations... 
They're probably true. But it only takes... 90% of the time they're true, hopefully at least. It, But it takes only one case, like in this I, situation, for you to doubt the other nine that are legit. And that's I the problem. Like today we had, today we had it, it's been on the news a little bit, but not a lot. Today we had a former president uh, convicted of sexual assaults mm-hmm. and what slander and fined five million dollars. Yep, it's covered. It's been covered a little bit, but because it is who it is, it's just another day for him. It's another Tuesday for that guy. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would say if something like this comes up, instead of rushing to judgment in either direction, just let it play out. If somebody is accused of something, you say, all right, we'll take your uh, the accuser serious or, or one will just go through the process of a trial or evidence. Mm-hmm. And say, all right, this, you're accusing this person of doing this to you. We'll investigate and see what happens. Instead of saying, well, she accused him, fuck him, he's guilty. Sometimes that happens. I mean, usually most of the time it happens. You would like the legal process to move faster than what it does for situations like this, but also... I would like the public to not jump to conclusions and say... I wish they didn't put the women after three women. Yeah, just, all right, this is what happened. There's really not much to say about it. Like, like did the, did, should the bills have cut him? No, see, I would have put him... It doesn't matter because they cut him or whatever. They get another guy to kick the ball. It's not a big deal. Yep, but I would... It's like, well, let's, let's just suspend you. We don't want you on the team at the moment. Uh, let's let the legal process play out because... What in happened? the end, well, we... It turns out you didn't do anything wrong. So you feel bad for the guy. Yeah, what happened to Adrian Peterson? He was placed on the commissioner exempt list. Uh, Deshaun Watson was as well. That's what you he do in this situation. What I always remember about Adrian Peterson, he's, he's beat the hell out of his kids with a switch, a stick, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Them repeatedly, a bit over the line. It was like on a Thursday or Friday, Vikings suspended him for a game against the Patriots in which they got their ass kicked. Mm-hmm. Brought him back the very next day. Yep. And then by, like, Monday night, Tuesday morning, all these sponsors were in an uproar. Like, well, you know what? Maybe we just suspend Mr. Peterson for the rest of the season. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying I think should have been done here. Or what I, I think, think be- that so poorly it wasn't even funny. And that really, of all the things I've soured on in the NFL, that was almost 10 years ago. That's one of the biggest ones of, oh, we'll suspend him for a game. We'll bring them back Monday. But if you're, like, oh, but if you're looking for a solution or like what to do, like the rush to judgment, that's what you need to do with the player. Then put him on the uh, commissioner's. Yes, you're, right. you're not going to play until we, you're not going to play until we figure out what happened. Right, good but, or bad, you're not playing. Right, but that that's what the commissioner's exempt list is. So that's what you need to yeah. do. Then that's I, I, that's what they should do here moving forward, rather than this. Uh, particular circumstance that would be the the reasonable thing to do but it again the legal system has to play out a little faster kind of a controversial take of you want to believe the woman and you don't not want to believe her because it probably happened but in this case it didn't right and again it's the one it's the one person who now casts doubt on the other 99 or like not it's the 10 percent that casts the doubt on the 90 percent that actually happens to 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. It'll, it'll, it'll happen again, and some lady will come forward, and what she will say will be true. Yes. And, and we'll say, oh, this guy did this, and, and he'll we, be fired, and he'll be catched, or he'll be suspended like Sean Watson. Or we'll be skeptical and won't take the uh, take the allegation seriously when it actually did happen, and nothing will be done. If it happens to Justin Jefferson, he'll be fine. If it happens to C.J. Ham, he'll never play again. So... Yeah. It matters how good you are at your football job, whether or not you get to continue to make millions of dollars. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a, well, maybe I maybe that's my next. I agree. I like that one. And you can throw the hockey one in there too. But All right. It's a bit, it's a sticky situation, nonetheless. Anything else we need to get to before we say so long for the week? Be about it. All right. You have a great rest of your week, and uh, enjoy the NFL schedule release. Have your popcorn ready. And uh, we'll react to it all, as well as the the Twins losing streak and the NBA playoffs and uh, all the all all the uh, the big headlines in the sports world next week. I'll, I'll enjoy the NFL schedule as about as much as you'll enjoy uh, the Rockies Pirates. How about I'll. I would say uh, WrestleMania would maybe be a more apt comparison. Sure, WrestleMania twelve. There you go. There you One. go. Very good. Thank you, Krenz. All right. I'll see you later. Travis Krenz joined me here. Sports Block Podcast. Always a, always a great time talking with him. Even if we we disagree on some certain things, he certainly laid out a plausible argument regarding the NHL. Um, you know, the, the whole debacle there with the, the draft lottery. I'm going to talk with Marcus Traxler about that here coming up shortly. Uh, he doesn't like the NFL schedule release. I love it. That's fine. We all have different things that we like. And then that last uh, topic, it's... It's a delicate topic, no other way around it, and it, it's just difficult because now this young lady who made this false claim, it, it just casts doubt over the next person who likely legitimately will be raped in that situation. It just, I, I don't like it. I don't like it at all. Uh, this podcast and all Sports Block podcasts can be found on podcast.com as well as iTunes. Just search the Sports Block. Follow me on Twitter at Andy Stacken, Facebook Nathan Stacken. Travis uh, is on Twitter at Travis Krenz. A link to the podcast posted middle to later part of each week. NHL playoff talk coming up next, along with NHL lot, a draft lottery reaction and some more schedule talk here with Marcus Traxler from the Mitchell Daily Republic. That's coming up next here on this week's edition of the Sports Block Podcast, available on podcast.com and on iTunes. All right, we continue here on the Sports Block Podcast. Marcus Traxler, my good friend from the Mitchell Daily Republic, joins me here to talk some hockey. And Marcus, we are talking right now, minutes after the NHL draft lottery has concluded, and Connor Bedard will be a Chicago Blackhawk. The Chicago Blackhawks win the NHL draft lottery in a... Uh, unfolding of events that I can only say feels like is one of the biggest rigged events in terms of a draft in a professional sports uh, league ever. My thoughts, right? Uh, just you want me to just take it from there. Um, yeah, it's it's uh, it's it. I know it's not rigged. I'm not going to say it's rigged, but this feels rigged. I mean. I, I just, uh, you know, they have a gener- what we believe is a generational talent in Connor Bedard. And as you just laid out uh, before we started talking, you look at the options, Chicago is a pretty clear uh, preference, and sure enough, that's where he ends up. Or where he, I mean, 
with all, unless there's something crazy that happens in the next six weeks, or that's where he's going to be drafted. I mean, this is a team, the Blackhawks, that have won, what, three Stanley Cups this century already? I mean, they're, they're essentially a dynasty um, in the mid to mid 2000s, early 2010s, and whatnot. Um, you know, they've been bad for a few years here. And I, as this was all unfolding here, there was no team that made any move at all whatsoever like jumping ahead or like falling back a spot. Then you get to that top three. And then, like, I figured, okay, they're going to go to commercial. And then Kevin Weeks from ESPN says, oh, and there's the first switch. We have, you know, the Chicago, it'll, uh, Connor Bedard will either be going to the Chicago Blackhawks or the Anaheim Ducks. I thought I missed something. I thought maybe my video froze, you know, Hulu was maybe a step behind, maybe, um, Maybe they just didn't show the video and that was a gaffe on ESPN Productions part. But Kevin Weeks just blatantly said, oh, Chicago, uh, there's our first switch of the night. And then we go to commercial and come back and they're like, oh, here are the top three. I'm like, you just said it. What what the hell just happened here? Well, so let's back up a minute. You know, this is the NHL. There's a lot of things that are stupid about it. You know it. I know it. Yep. We, we talk about it all the time. You know, this draft lottery is not necessarily the most straightforward thing. Apparently, you can only move up 10 spots. So when he said that, I thought, okay, Columbus is being the third pick because they must have been, you know, 13th or 14th because I didn't know. I knew Anaheim was at the top, and I knew some of the top teams. But when he said that, I'm like, oh, well, it means that they can't go higher than three. So that's where they're going to be. Well, that's not the, that's not what happened. He just, gave, he just out, outright gave up that they were the third pick, even though they certainly had a chance at one or two. So uh, I think Kevin Weeks is kind of a dumbass to begin with. Uh, I, I mean, sure, I'm sure he knows this stuff, but he's always out there trying to break news. I'm, I'm sure he has sources, but it's like, come on, man. And you put him – now, I realize that they, they clearly give him – the order, or they give him what to say because he's sitting there going, oh, this is the first time since 1994 that the Flames are going to pick 16th or whatever. Nobody cares, but he clearly has that information of like, okay, this is how the the lottery turned out. This is what we need you to say to fit where the pick's going to be. Yeah, what a a poorly handled deal. Like this, and I I get, you know, we don't want to say it's rigged, but this has, it just, it screams rigged. To me, I mean, even the fact as you as you laid out the the, the top three cities were either going to be Columbus, Chicago, or Anaheim. I thought Anaheim would be out of you know between them and Columbus would certainly be more attractive. Who's that uh, really great player that that scores the, the crazy goals for the Ducks? Um, Zegris, I think. Is that what? Yeah, yeah, Trevor Trevor Zegris. Yeah, yep. I mean, pairing him up with Connor Bedard that would be must see. TV there, you know, just the creativity, the, the the goals and stuff, that could really boost that Anaheim franchise. But as it just kept going and we had no switching or whatever, I'm like, okay, this seems a little far-fetched. And all of a sudden, Chicago just creeps in there. And I, just, I, I said it when it got to like five or six. I'm like, Chicago's going to land this thing here. And then Kevin blows it here with whatever, you know, with what he said before commercial break. And you just knew that the Blackhawks were going to get it. And it pains, I think, Minnesota sports fans because why, you know, does Connor Bedard, this generational talent, have to land in 
in the same division as the Minnesota Wild. It just If this were a Minnesota sports franchise, we know that that wouldn't be the case. They wouldn't get the number one overall pick. I get the Timberwolves have gotten it a couple of times, but that hasn't done much. This, I mean, the NHL wants Chicago desperately back in the, the fold here. And, I like, the again, it's just, it it's rigged. It absolutely feels rigged. I saw a tweet uh, soon after this that basically said, you know, Chicago's never going to play another indoor game again. Uh, they're going to get all the outdoor games, and you know that you know, the NHL uh, couldn't have a season pass there for a while without giving them the Winter Classic or some sort of outdoor game. So yep. I'm sure they're going to be in the mix here. I mean, if if you could make the argument that if it was rigged, they wouldn't have given it to Chicago because there's not a less deserving franchise over the last couple of years than Chicago. The way they handled, um, you know, some of their front office stuff, yeah, the, off the, the whistleblowing issues. stuff. I mean, just yep. they didn't they didn't deserve it. Yep. Um, and they're in the middle of this rebuild, and it doesn't seem like they can really figure out what they want to do. Um, you know, they've moved a few they moved a fair amount of pieces out. Uh, but they have decisions to be to be made about you know some of these major um, assets. You know, they moved Patrick Kane, but he's really a rental. So it's just uh, and Jonathan Taze might be done. So it's it's just uh, a very awkward timing. And I mean, they were talking about having him, having Kane play with him again. So I I don't know. I mean, I just think that this is this is a uh, strange. It is. It's befuddling. Um, you know and. You know, the Sports Center did a piece on Connor Bedard right leading up into the NHL uh, lottery coverage. And, I mean, they said, what, 57 games or whatever for the Saskatchewan or for the Regina Pats or whatever in Saskatchewan. He had 71 goals and 72 assists in 57 games. I mean, this is unheard of. This is, he is just, as you said, a generational talent. Uh, I mean, he led uh, Canada to the World Junior uh, Championships uh, just this over this last year he is fantastic and he is going to be quickly become the face of the of the nhl or one of them i should say and he's only 17 years old so for those people like okay like just how good is this kid and why are you just all just automatically saying Connor bedard goes to chicago this is why like this is a generational talent he is so good uh i get you know that i heard you know oh Connor mcdavid it took him eight years, uh, or he he's been in the league eight years. He hasn't been to a Stanley Cup, so it's not a it's a born given right, but it's just the the optics and on how all of this looks and how it all goes down. And for a, for a sports league that I think is trying desperately to maintain, you know that that fourth ranking and just be a common sport, you know, in household or, you know, just have people talk about you in the mainstream media. This is one way to do it, but this is also one way to not necessarily get a lot of faith and trust in your product if this is the result of, you know, of how it's all going to drop, uh, fall out. Yeah, I, I don't think that general hockey fans probably going to spend much time thinking about it being rigged. They might even be excited that he is going to go to a major market if, if they care about that. I think the hockey diehards are definitely going to speculate that this was uh, not on the up and up. Um, you know, I, I think I think Connor Bedard um, is going to be a really good player. You know, you can put up big numbers in in juniors, the lower levels, 
So it's not necessarily a guarantee that it's all going to go uh, swimmingly in the NHL, but he's got he's going to have a great chance. And like you said, he's only 17. You know, I don't think the NHL would have put Connor McDavid in Edmonton if they had a choice. Um, I think they're certainly pleased that Connor Bedard's going to be going to Chicago. Yeah. Oh, for sure they are. I mean, they're they're popping champagne, I think, in Secaucus, uh, New Jersey, right now as we speak, because of it. It's just it, it's bad. It's just bad. Well, and uh, let me just let me just back up. Yeah. I think it's uh, preposterously stupid that you have a sixteen team lottery and not every team has a chance to get the first pick. Agreed. I think that's I think that's ridiculous. Like, why even bother? Let's just have the lottery with the top ten teams. Yeah. I, I just uh, I don't get that. Like, if you're capping it and you're saying, well. You're, you're slotted 16th, you can only go up to 6th. I just think that's ridiculous. Well, and you can only get the, the number one pick tw- uh, two times in a five-year span? Like, why? And that's like, because of Edmonton. I mean, let's be honest. But, yeah, um, yeah it, it's, it is one of those things that you just sort of shake your head about. I mean, I think the lottery in general is bad. My, my thought, I mean, I, I like to do a few things, you know, to kind of revamp sports and whatnot, more so in terms of division alignments and whatnot. But I think if you're going to do a lottery or, you know, if you're deciding a a draft order, you shouldn't always give the the first overall pick to the team with the worst record. Why not have it flipped so so that you make sure that your teams are trying to win as much as possible throughout the entire season? Give the first overall pick or give the, the, the team that just missed out on the playoffs with the best chance. To get into uh, to to secure that one spot, uh, that one seed, because then you're going to have teams that are going to constantly fight and claw to get as many points as possible and not tank like we saw with what the the Blackhawks did this year. I guess the the Blues to a certain extent. the The Ducks weren't very good, but uh, you know the Coyotes. Um, I that's how I would change it. I would rather. Uh, reward the team that just missed out with the better chance because it means that they were fighting until the very end and not giving up on their season halfway through. Well, I think if you're going to do that, you could almost have it be like a, a you know, a parabola, uh, there's our math term, yes. or like a, a bell curve where at the tops and the bottoms, the worst teams and the teams that were closest to making the playoffs have an equal or, you know, reasonable chance to yes. win the lottery. And then if you are eighth or seventh you have less of a chance you know yeah. whatever percentage that needs to be so you are rewarding the worst team and you are rewarding the team uh that is uh you know closest to making the playoffs and just misses out i, I'd be I have okay to admit with that. what's that I, i'd be okay with that i have to admit i read something i believe it was on sunday that was so preposterous that i think i love it and i want to pitch it to you right now okay this was this was from Sean McIndoe of the, or of, of the Athletic, host the Puck Soup podcast. That's my uh, hockey podcast of choice, aside from this one. <laughs> and and he, he brought up, this came from a reader, basically the idea was you have 16 teams that make the playoffs, you have 16 teams that don't make the playoffs. You have a draft for matching up one team that makes the playoffs with a team that doesn't make the playoffs. So ideally, the number one team to miss out, you know, the worst team gets the number one pick of who they're going to pair up with in the playoffs. So let's just say this year it was Anaheim. They picked Boston because Boston, everybody believes, has the best chance to make the playoffs. They go on down the line, two through 16, 
you know, there will be some allegiances there that teams are like, well, I don't think this team's going to make a run. And if your team wins the Stanley Cup, you get the first pick. And Ooh. you work backwards from there. If your team finishes runner-up, you get the pick number two, and you work yeah. out three through 16, so on and so forth. Um, it is a stupid idea, but I'm starting to warm up to it after tonight because, uh, you know, why are we trusting ping pong balls? I mean, this isn't, uh, you know, this isn't the uh, you know Powerball. Let's, I mean, let's come on. Or to piggyback off that to a degree, why not have a separate playoff, shall we say, with the teams that didn't make it, and have it play out? Whoever wins that bracket gets the first overall pick. I mean, you don't have yeah, to, that. You don't have to that is an idea. Series. I think you would make the argument that like. Your teams that don't try at the end of the year are really not going to try in this playoff. I mean, because what what thirty two year old veteran is necessarily fired up about a guy that's probably going to take his job? Yeah. Um, so that that there, there's there's holes in a lot of these ideas, of oh, course, yeah. and there's certainly holes in the, in the one I just threw out. But yeah. um, it is it is food for thought, and I mean, yes, the lot the lottery is tried and true. We have it in two of the four major sports. You know, three of the five if you count the WNBA. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it, it, any idea, I think, is is good to explore, at least throw out there, because in light of what has just taken place Monday night in Secaucus, New Jersey, I think that anything shouldn't – the whole th- – the whole draft for the lottery process right now is going to be ridiculed and put under a microscope and be laughed at. So I think we need some fresh ideas. Yeah. I, I mean, and I know they just got done revamping the lottery. Like we said, they got, they added the rule, the Edmonton rule that, you know, basically, you know, eliminated a team from being able to pick number one, three times in six years or seven years. But Edmonton was really bad in that yeah. era too. So there were, you know, it wasn't necessarily, all for not, and part of what made it so funny was the way they, at least in, in at the time, it felt like they crapped away the picks with Nugent Hopkins and Taylor Hall. Now, Taylor Hall yep. was, it was an MVP eventually, but um, so it wasn't all bad, but yeah, we can blame Edmonton in so many ways. Yeah, we can. Right now, uh, speaking of Edmonton, we'll just, uh, any other thoughts on this uh, draft lottery uh, debacle? Here before we we move on, I mean, screw you, Chicago. Just absolutely. Well, I had, I had one of my one of my friends uh, that I used to work with, uh, big Chicago sports fan, big Blackhawks fan, uh, basically said, you know, I've forgiven Gary Bettman for every you know thing I've said about him, and I'm just like, you know, your team can pound sand. And he said, <laughs> well, you know, Minnesota, you know, they'll get they'll get the number one pick someday. And I go, no, they won't. No, they won't. I mean, it's just like we know what the deal is, and and uh, we know Minnesota will probably crap it away. I mean. We don't need to talk a lot about the wild, but this is again drives home the idea of like tanking works, man. Chicago wouldn't have had the chance they did without bottoming out this yeah. year, and the wild just never do that. And so, in a lot of ways, they don't have as much of a shot at the number one pick because uh, they never really let themselves get to the point of Anaheim or uh, or Chicago or Buffalo a few years ago. You would think that the NHL would really want Minnesota to get the number one. Uh, overall pick at some point because they are the state of hockey. It is a, a team with a rabid fan base and stuff is as good as any fan base out there. Uh, people love hockey in the state and in, in the region, so that would be a reason for the NHL to rig it in Minnesota's favor. But like I said, that's just not going to happen. 
It's just but as we've seen, as we saw by how long it took them to get a, a winter classic, I mean, the NHL, we know where Minnesota stands in the pecking order. Oh, yeah. I mean, yep, pretty much for any sport, mind you. So it sucks. It really does. Uh, let's let's turn our attention to the ice. Uh, right now, uh, Edmonton, Vegas, tied, I believe, still 1-1 if uh, this is... I don't think it's refreshed anytime soon. Yes, still 1-1. Game 3 in Edmonton. Uh, Leon Dreisaitl is having a hell of a a second round here. Scored the first five goals of the series for Edmonton. Um, I I think this all boils down to, I think we talked about this last week, was the the, the goaltending and the, the defense for Edmonton. Because we know they can score a lot of goals. And Vegas's goaltending isn't as good as it has been in previous years. But... Edmonton is shown to be pretty leaky in and of itself. We saw that in Game 1, but Game 2 was certainly much better. I still think Edmonton wins this series, but it, again, it all comes down for them to goaltending and defense. Yeah, no question about it. I mean, um, you know, this is as good of an offense, as good of a power play as you could ask for. With the Oilers, you've got two bona fide stars that have played uh, to that level this year. And, uh, you know, I, I think... Edmonton, there, there's there's questions. I mean, we got a guy named Stuart Skinner that's playing goal, goaltender for the Oilers. I've never heard of him before. You know, the playoffs started. Uh, nobody outside of Edmonton, outside of Alberta, has heard of him. So that's who you're potentially riding to win a Stanley Cup. It can be done, but I don't like their chances necessarily from that standpoint. It does beat Mike Smith. God bless him. Uh, that's mm-hmm. better than Mike Smith, but. Uh, yeah, this is uh, one you you just kind of shake your head at. Should they be able to get by, they could potentially face the Seattle Kraken. Seattle currently up 2-1 in their series with the Dallas Stars. And I, I mean, this has to be so frustrating to Minnesota fans, not to, not to bring it back to us, but, you know, you know, you can cry for us if you want to, Argentina. But, um... <laughs> I mean, Jake Ottinger played out of his mind against the Wild. The Wild couldn't solve him for the most part, especially the final three games of the series. And he is just a like a he is leaking like crazy. He's like a dam about to burst here in this series. He's given up uh, what three goals and three straight shots in Game One against Seattle, and then he gives up five goals in the second period in Game Three. Like, I mean, it's not like Seattle's throwing the book at him. And not a lot of tough shots. Did he just save his best for his home state team, the Minnesota Wild? Like, it, it, or is it just the the luck of the Wild? Well, I think it's a, a multi part thing. I think one, it's just how inept the Wild were offensively. Sure. Um, yeah. You know, I, I think uh, you know, I think he played well in the in the series. He deserved it. He may have been motivated to play his hometown team uh, to the manner that he did. But Dallas has not been as good defensively in this series. The first few games. Uh, they've left him susceptible a little bit more, and um, that's that's been something that Seattle has capitalized on. And let's be honest, Seattle plays the way the Wild talk about playing. Uh, they're the team that's gritty. They're the team that's a lot tougher. Um, you know, I, I you know that those are the characteristics of a Dave Haxel team. And I think a lot of people kind of shook their heads when he was uh, selected as the coach there, but. They play a lot like those teams that we've seen from North Dakota. And, uh, you know, they've, they've done all the things they have to do. It's kind of an unsung bunch. 
I don't know that a lot of people are going to be able to name more than a couple guys on their team, but uh, they're doing what they need to do to get to the hard areas and score the tough goals. And I, I think when you're comparing against the Wild, the Wild were not willing to do that. Yep. No, I completely agree with that. And you know, to your point on what Haxall's doing, I mean, it, you would think if it, it would have, if that sort of style would work anywhere, that fans would appreciate it. Would have been in Philadelphia, but it didn't. It didn't pan out there. He goes to Seattle and. They're grinding out. That hit uh, in Game 3 on Sunday night, uh, I can't remember who it was on, number 27, I think, for the Stars, but just absolutely laid them out. And it's just that type of physicality. Seattle, it just feels to me, watching this series unfold, Seattle kind of wants it a little bit more. But this is could be just like what Dallas ha- had in uh, the first series against Minnesota. They're down 2-1. They figure it out. And they win the final three games of the series. But Seattle certainly seems to be playing at such a higher level than what we saw the Wild play against the Stars in that first round. Yeah, and we've seen some freak stuff already in this series. Uh, Miro Heskinainen, the, the talented defenseman, takes a puck off the face. It goes in the net. Um, mm-hmm. So Dallas is dealing with that where it's, you know, injury and insult in, on that play. Um, and, yeah, it's just I, I think Dallas – they might be kind of going back to the drawing board where it's like, okay, well, we had uh, we had Joe Pavelski score four goals for us in the first game. We didn't win. Uh, we've just kind of been so spotty offensively. We haven't had the goaltending to the same degree. I think they probably do draw some inspiration of, hey, we were in this same position in the previous series. Uh, we're probably playing in some ways. We can't play any worse than we already have in this series. Um, and we know Seattle might come back to their level a little bit. Now, Dallas can't count on that, but I think if Dallas plays a little bit closer to its potential, this has the potential to be a series that at least goes a distance, if not be one that they can turn in their favor. I agree. And one other major difference here of note in the series thus far is the special teams. Dallas's power play was incredible against the, the Wild, and their penalty kill was also very good. In this series so far, it hasn't that hasn't been the case. Seattle's been able to get a couple of power play goals, and Dallas's power play in general has not been good. I think they have what, like, uh, let me let me just pull it up here. I think two power play goals all series long. So uh, one, they have one. So I guess both teams have one. So it's. Not great, but I mean, Seattle hasn't had a whole lot of opportunities either. But Dallas's power play, which was so prevalent, so strong against the Wild, has failed to show up. And I think a lot of credit goes to Seattle's game plan uh, and defensive scheme. Absolutely, and and they, I, to my what I've seen, they haven't taken as many stupid penalties, and that that helps as well. Yes, for sure. For sure. We talk about the fuddling things that have happened, and I would say Toronto being down 3 nothing to the Florida Panthers uh, certainly qualifies as that. The Florida Panthers, as of the recording of this podcast, have won six games in a row. If you go back to their first round series with uh, the Boston Bruins winning the final three games of that series, they win the first three games of the series against Toronto. I mean, Toronto fans, you saw the the... The overhead view of them after Game 3 overtime loss to the Panthers, and they're just stunned. They don't know what hit them, what happened. And this Florida Panthers team is playing with so much confidence right now. You see what uh, Sergei Bobrovsky has done in net. 
uh, kind of what they expected him when they brought him down there from Columbus. Uh, Kachuk playing well. The whole team is just playing with so much confidence right now, and Toronto is definitely on the, on its heels. Absolutely, and it's amazing the way Florida has sort of bounced back from you know, there was a lot of excitement around them last year. They got bounced relatively early. Um, you know, granted, at, at the hands of Tampa, I believe, so yep. nothing to sneeze at there. But now now back at it in, in this series and playing with a lot of confidence, like you said. Uh, but Roski, I think, is certainly a, a potential cup-winning goaltender. You look at the formula you need to mm-hmm. win a Stanley Cup, he checks that box for them. Um, Toronto, man, there's a lot of questions. A lot of questions that don't really have answers right now. Goaltending hasn't been good enough. Uh, their stars have not delivered in a meaningful way. Mm-hmm. They have sort of this core four of, you know, Marner and Matthews and Tavares. And uh, they're just not, they're not playing. They're not producing to the degree that they need. Um, and I think, you know, we, we all kind of sat here and they said, okay, first time in 19 years, you, you got past the, the big bad lightning. You know, all right, here's your chance to make a run. And they just laid flat and... It has not been without opportunities. Uh, Mm -hmm. Up 2-0 at home earlier in the series. You lose that game. Uh, Multiple chances in Game 3 to put that game away didn't happen on on the road, Mm -hmm. which is a position you put yourself in when you lose the first two at home. So, all that being said, this has been the type of playoffs where you wouldn't be surprised if Toronto wins four games in a row. Now, nothing in this series necessarily points to that right now, but... What I'm saying is we could be talking in a week and this series is not yet over. Yes, So I, I, I just think, you know, and that's that's kind of crazy in a 3-0 series, but it's just something I can't rule out because Toronto is just that kind of team. You know, they do have the talent. They have to be able to figure some things out. Sheldon Keith, I mean, this is, you got you to gotta figure some stuff out behind the bench. And I think, you know, Kyle Dubas, he's throwing enough water bottles. He'll throw some more if they blow the rest of this series, and I think, you know, second round, it's, it's just so interesting to hold it in contrast to the Wild, who have been dying to get to the second round, and they can't, uh, and now the light Leafs are there, and I think we got through that series against Tampa, and they're like, okay, let's make a run to the Cup the cup final, and they may go out four games later, and I think they may be looking at, we need to blow this thing up in some meaningful way. That would be interesting yeah. if that's a takeaway from this uh, playoffs after they got through the first round. Well, I was just going to kind of state that point that you made about the Leafs finally getting out of that first round. It, is it just, was it a huge sigh of relief that, the, yes, they finally got that monkey off their back and then that they started playing the series too relaxed or saying, oh, you know, we don't have to go against the Bruins. We're just going against the Panthers. Like, they're not as focused. They're not, um, yeah, I would say focus would be the right word. They're, they're not playing with as much intensity. And as you said, the stars haven't come out either. And you would think it with a player like Austin Matthews that that wouldn't be the case. But Toronto is missing. Everyone is just not showing up. Yeah, I, I read something. We're, we're taping this on Monday, so I read this on Monday morning, talking about how you know Marner has been close. He's been there in the expected goals. You know, making plays that you know ideally should turn into goals. Uh, Stanco or. Uh, Sorry, Tavares, you know, maybe less so. Matthews in the same way, kind of been around. So there have been varying degrees, but, you know, look, the stats 
for a lot of people in in hockey are pretty simple: goals and assists, mm-hmm. maybe penalty minutes. You know, you're not shots, maybe, but it's goals, man. That's where the game is won and lost, and they just have not had enough production from the big hitters. That you know, I don't know how much they pay those guys, but it's got to be forty million dollars, you know, or close to it. Mm-hmm. And they're just not getting what they need out of that, you know, foursome at the top. And uh, it's going to be really interesting if this does come to an end early because um, there is so much pressure on the Leafs, and a lot of it is deserved because this is a team that, um, you know, has the attention, all the notoriety. They're, they're being looked at as a team that's got to get something done in the playoffs. And you lose your starting goaltender, Ilya Samsonov, in Game 3 to an injury. Wall has to come in. We'll see I, if who is in net uh, with Game 4 on Wednesday. With that being said, it, it, and as you laid it out, with how the playoffs have been this year, we could be talking about this series here in a week. And I do think if Toronto gets that that win Wednesday night, if you win in Toronto, all of a sudden that pressure goes squarely on Florida because I think it, it would be very difficult to go back to Toronto to try and win a Game 7 if you're if you've lost the last three games, the momentum would clearly be with Toronto. Not saying it can't happen uh, that Florida would go on the road because we've seen the road teams win a lot in these NHL playoffs as we seemingly do every year. But you would rather, I think, just take care of business either um, Wednesday night or Game Five in Toronto because if Toronto wins and makes it a three-two series, I think things get a little dicey for the Panthers then. Well, and, and to back up to your point that you were making earlier, um, I think Florida was well aware of the We Want Florida chance from yes. Toronto when that previous series ended yep. because that Bruins series was not yet over. And uh, I, I think that was fair to say, hey, we want Florida, but there's no question the Panthers were motivated by that, saying, look, nobody's going to be picking us. Let's see what we can make happen. And I think, you know, Toronto, obviously it's a big – it's a team – not everybody's going to think the same way, feel the same way. But they're probably having a feeling of, look, if we go one and one at home, you know, we'll be in all right shape. Yep. They lost both. Now they're down 0-3. Um, so, I don't know. It's, it's interesting to consider. I agree with you. Uh, the road teams have won a lot in these playoffs. And it does sort of, you know, reverse every trend that you sort of would think of. Home ice, you know, generally doesn't seem to mean a whole lot in hockey anymore and even less so in this series, but, you know, it's a funny game. It's a, mm-hmm. it's a you know, awkward-shaped puck. Weird things happen. Absolutely. I, I, yeah. It's just weird. It, it, it's not weird that Florida's necessarily winning this series, but to, for Toronto to be down 3 nothing uh, would just be it, it very surprising if they get swept by Florida here after coming off that big win over Tampa. The other uh, series in the East, the New Jersey Devils, Carolina Hurricanes, Hurricanes lead that series 2-1. to one. I've been impressed with their offense. Uh, the Devils' speed hasn't really affected them too much, but then the Devils score eight goals in Game 3 after uh, subpar, uh, lackadaisical performances, perhaps, in Games 1 and 2. But hey, they must like being down 2-0 in a series. They came back to beat the, the Rangers 4-3, and by the way, the Rangers uh, fired uh, their head coach on Monday, so... Uh, you know, the Devils have played a hand in that uh, failure there by the Rangers. But I wonder, you know, can the Devils kind of rec- 
recoup that magic, or was the eight-goal performance a mirage in the grand scheme of things in this series? I think it's been. I think it was a, a little bit of a goofy game, uh, a little bit of a scenario of okay, Hurricanes played well first two games. Now we're changing venue. Devils able to sort of ride the home crowd. It's funny when we talk about that when you know, like you said, road teams have won a bunch. Yep. So two one. I I think this is a series that's you know going to go six at, at least, if not seven. Um, I don't. We talked a little bit about it when we previewed the series last week. Doesn't feel like there's huge differences in this team. I think uh, you know the Devils are a little you know they're a little early you know in their in their overall build here. Yep. So uh, nothing wrong with getting to this point, seeing what you've got uh, on the table. But I expect the Hurricanes to win this series because they do have the firepower and the skill uh, to make it happen. And so. Um, you know, if you're going to put me, put my hand in there, you know, I'm saying hurricanes in six, you know, hurricanes in seven, but, um, you know, I've, I've been more impressed by the hurricanes than necessarily disappointed by the devils Yeah, because it is only a two, one series and we haven't seen, uh, that road team win yet. Right. Well, and, and for the hurricanes, the one reason I picked the devils initially is because the injuries were just catching up to Carolina and they didn't score a lot of goals against the the islanders in that series yet they were still able to to win that series overall and i thought oh the devil's playing with a lot of momentum their speed you know maybe they'll just get the best of them but i give rob brendamore and and company a lot of credit because this hurricanes team is a very tough-minded team yeah I, to me they play a lot like brendamore played you know and that's yep. that's the smart way to have uh, your team operate because he's the number one example of what you know his players need to be doing Indeed, indeed. Anything else uh, regarding the Stanley Cup playoffs that we need to uh, to discuss? Let's, I, I, I just need to go back to the draft for yeah. one thing. Did you Please. notice what day of the week the draft is starting? Uh, no, the only thing I picked up on was that it is in Nashville. I believe it's like June 25th or something like that, but this the round one of the draft is on a Wednesday. Hmm. So... I need somebody to explain to me what the hell is going on with that because I'm not sure I, I fully get it. Don't so, haven't hasn't it normally been round one on uh, on Friday and then rounds two through seven on Saturday or do they do they spread it over three days? Um, I think traditionally it, it was like that. Maybe in recent years they went to a Thursday, Friday, Saturday. So maybe we're doing Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. I'm not sure, but. Um, I thought that was strange. A Wednesday. Yeah. That, well, leave it to the NHL again to, to make a boneheaded decision and think that they're, 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 they're stubborn in their ways. Um, maybe, maybe they got bumps for a Kenny Chesney concert or something. I don't know. But mean, Maybe Taylor Swift's coming back and doing another tour. I mean, she's selling out Nissan Stadium all uh, around and, um, you know, I think she had like three or four shows in Nashville. Maybe she's coming back for... For another um, tour, I don't know. Who could who could say? Who who, who could say? Uh, I believe last week you did want me to uh, to mention like I, I got the NFL schedule kind of laid out here. Um, yeah, and we don't have to panic. It is going to come out on Thursday. It we is. thought we might be in a delay, so it's big. It is. I uh, you know I was looking like oh crap I have. Way too many teams in the Monday slot or you know, the Sunday night slot, but then we're hearing. Well, and, you know, and, and, and did these rules that came out today? The the you know not every team's got to be in prime time. Teams can have two Thursday games. Yep. 
Did any of that? Does that throw you off? The, you know, basically, teams can be on any network. There's a certain number of games for the NFC and the AFC on those respective networks, but basically it's a free-for-all. Does that impact the, the setup? Well, it, it actually helped me because I didn't have to weed it down at all. Uh, I had all right. it over, and I was like, oh, crap, I'm going to have to go back. And then you hear like, oh, we're, they're going to do a triple header on Christmas Day, which falls on a Monday. Well, that's perfect. I have a few more Monday games or teams playing on Mondays that I you know, don't have to throw away now. It was actually, and I'll, I'll be honest, like I'm glad that they don't have this ridiculous rule about uh, every team has to be on national television because I don't want the Arizona Cardinals on national television at all this year. They suck. They don't deserve it at all. Truth be told, one of the, 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 the interesting things here with Houston or with the, with the NFC South playing the AFC South this year, I it sets up perfectly with the rookie quarterbacks. I have C.J. Stroud and uh, Bryce Young going at it. I put that on Thanksgiving night. That is your. It's likely not going to happen, but that I think would be a great nightcap to your Thanksgiving. You have Minnesota at Detroit to start the day. NFC North battle. I thought about putting Green Bay in there, but I don't think they're going to be good enough. So don't put them on my TV. Uh, then the Jets at Dallas for your mid-afternoon yeah, game. Aaron that Rodgers. feels like that feels like a lock, actually. It, the only thing I can think of is that they want that game outside of Thanksgiving because they know that Thanksgiving is automatically going to bring a whole bunch of eyeballs. So maybe put you know throw the Patriots in there because yeah, I mean that could be that could be a Week Five Sunday night game too. Yeah, it, it sure so. could. But I think you know that Aaron Rodgers, the Jets at the Cowboys, CBS would normally have the the Cowboys in this slot this year, but because the networks now are going around or are casting aside, like, who gets what. You know, CBS doesn't have to do the AFC. Fox doesn't have to do the NFC, which I bet they're very glad about this year. I think it's stupid, and that's one of the major reasons why there was talk that maybe the NFL schedule wouldn't come out this Thursday because you you aren't tied down or anchored down to which station covers the majority of a conference's games. Yeah, a lot of, a lot of horse trading going on. Uh, the one thing I'll say about your, your Thanksgiving Day predictions, I, I agree with uh, the, the two that you had during the daytime. Yep. Uh, Vikings, I don't know, they played on Thanksgiving night last year. Yep. I just feel like the Thanksgiving night games, we have them, but a lot of years, it doesn't feel like there's a real storyline with them. So yep. that would be that would maybe be the reasoning of like, well, they're not going to burn the rookie game on that night because what what are the records of those two teams going to be in week twelve or week thirteen, whatever yep. it is? Yep. So I agree that is that. A, a thing to consider. But I just to me, I just thought like there's been a lot of years where that game has just been kind of stinky. It's just yep. been on. Obviously, it was famous for the butt fumble, but that game wasn't very good otherwise. Yeah. So, um, and I, I just feel like the Saints and the Falcons, and we probably had the Steelers, yes. yep. you know, and the Ravens maybe. So, like, it could be anybody. Yep. Um, I think the Black Friday thing—that's a total wild card. Who knows what kind? How good will that game be? I don't know. I think um, I've I've heard rumors that it's going to be the Giants and the Eagles. Okay, well that makes sense. I mean, that's two of your biggest markets. And this is the um, first Black Friday game, so you want it to pop out and sparkle. Yeah, and I, I think the 
Amazon's schedule is going to be better this year than yes. it was last year. They're, yep. they're going to throw them a couple more bones. They know how bad it was last year. Um, very interested to see what the structure of these doubleheaders on Monday night are because we're going to have a few more of those. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, there's a lot of elements at play. I, I'm always, you know, I, in our, in our little, little grouping of friends here, I'm, I'm probably not as crazy about it as you are, but I love, I love knowing what the schedule is. Yes. I love uh, diving into the primetime games. I love, uh, you know, Sunday night, just the, the flute games. Who's got the Saturdays at the end of the year now? I know they kind of flex those now, uh, like they did with the Vikings and the Colts last year. But they have like but, five five games that they can decide upon, and then they choose three of them and put the other two to Sunday. Yeah, yeah, and they're you know they're definitely gonna you know there'll be some games that you're gonna see set aside, and you're gonna go, well, that's a dud. That's not gonna be played on on Saturday. But you know, Vikings Colts might have been that type of game at the beginning of the in the scheduled time, and it ended up being a, a Saturday game or whatever. So yep. hard to predict. But I know that they're also going to start parceling out some of these games here the next couple days. I know you don't like that. I know. This is why we're going to post it on Tuesday here before the the leaks start here. You know, they announced. Yeah, you got to get ahead of it. You got to get ahead of it. Yep, I I made my mistake last year. So we're going to get it out there ahead of time. I have multiple teams with six primetime games, which you can have. So that's fine. I'm not losing anything there. For the Minnesota Vikings, I have four primetime games. I gave the the Detroit one. I'm counting the Detroit as one of them. Okay. So okay. I have three other ones. Do you care to guess perhaps where uh, what uh, the potential primetime games are? Chiefs. No, that's a, I have that as a three twenty five game, but I could certainly okay. see that being a Sunday uh, night okay. or Monday night game. I'm going to cross out the rest of the NFC North. Do you have any other NFC North primetime games? I do not. So you okay. you are right to cross that out. All right, and so then the Vikings play the AFC West. Yep. Um, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say no to the AFC West. Correct. Okay, so boy, I do have but, I do have one team from the AFC West in prime time. Okay, you just give them to me. I, I'm not gonna uh, get. Okay, them. I have the Chargers at Minnesota on a Monday night. I want to see. It, it, it just, to me, this is the perfect, like, oh, Minnesota can't win in prime time. The Chargers kind of charger away these these games late in the season. I want to see a late season Charger-Viking game and just see which team screws it up more. That's my... You my, know, my when point. was the last time, I'm going to say this and it's probably going to just, like, jump out right at me. When was the last time the Vikings played an AFC team on Monday Night Football? Oh, that's a great question. Um, didn't, they play the, didn't they play the Jets like twelve yeah. years ago or something? Yep, Randy. It was the, the Randy Moss game. Yeah. Um, yeah. Was that the last time? Really? Um, prior to that, I remember two thousand seven Brad against New England. Yeah, they played the Patriots. Yeah. Um, boy, uh, trying to think any. Well, you might be right there. I think that, yeah, they haven't played AFC opponents very much. You know, I, maybe that speaks to min, the, the draw of Minnesota on, on prime time. Um, the other Monday, I have them playing two Monday night games, Chargers at home and the Saints at home. I just, I think, you know. Yeah, we always, I mean, that feels like it always happens, yeah. Yep, we always like the rivalry yeah. there. And then Sunday yeah. night at Cincinnati, Justin Jefferson against Jamar Chase. 
I like that. I don't think it would go well for the Vikings, but I do like that. Yep, I I don't think it would either. I'm not I'm not putting Philadelphia or San Francisco in prime time because they'll shellac the Vikings. Not doing that at all. Those are the the three the three other prime time games that I have. I have uh, the the three twenty five games or the late afternoons. Kansas City at home and then at Denver at Vegas. The rest noon games. That's that's the prediction. Well, I don't. I don't even think it's eligible. But you also have uh, the Vikings going to Seattle uh, for a primetime game as well. So, uh, very, very bold of the schedule makers to you know just carve that out. There's no way around it. Vikings have to go to Chicago and play a night game every year. Oh yeah, I know. I, I I get that. You know, or play it late night or uh, late season in the cold like last year, ending at Green Bay and at Chicago. What a bunch of bullshit. Hopefully that doesn't happen this year. Uh, let's see, any other stuff that, uh, I'll put, like, the order for the Viking stuff ahead of time here on, on Thursday, but I really think that that's the only thing that really sticks out to me here. What uh, is our, uh, what is our, what is our leadoff game, the Thursday night, and what is the first Sunday night game? So, I, I don't think this is going to happen, but I, I don't... The, it's going to draw. You're going to draw a big audience regardless. I've I've heard a lot of people say, "Oh, the got to put the Bengals there on Thursday night." That's certainly a possibility. But I sometimes I think you want the NFL wants the the, the Super Bowl winning team to have like get off on a good foot to start the season. So. I didn't, I'm not putting Cincinnati in there. I do have uh, Cincinnati at Kansas City in the Sunday night slot, so it could move to Thursday. I'm putting Miami in there. Tyreek Hill's return. You got Tua in there. I think you know Miami's a good team, but I think Kansas City's just a little better. Denver is the other option for me. Sean Payton coming over there. So I would say either Denver or Miami, but Cincinnati seems to be the, the head horse there. In terms, of, I, I, think, I think Cincinnati is the obvious selection i actually like the denver pick i i i'm gonna regret seeing this i don't think denver's gonna be as bad as they were last year and probably not so sean payton russell wilson that, that's star power that's good enough for the first night, night of the year i i agree uh so that would be the option there and then the first sunday night game do you almost have to put the jets in in prime time there sunday night if so, I feel like I feel like it's going to be some mixture of Jets, Giants, Eagles, Cowboys, right? Yep. I mean, it's got to be some. I mean, NFC East, they've never gone wrong with that. So, well, you know, oftentimes, it could just, don't we it get... could just be Giants, Cowboys right off the bat. It could be Eagles, Cowboys. So. I was just going to say that, but I do have the Giants and the Jets. In a Sunday night slot, so why don't we go with that? The Battle of New York well, right away to begin the season. Giant, uh, Jets, Giants, Sunday night football week one. I like it. I like that you I like that you put it out there. Obviously, the odds are not on your side oh, to get these sure. games right, but yeah. it's fun. Yeah, I, it, and it's very difficult to try and come up with some. You know what? I, I didn't put the Jaguars in Sunday night at all. Did you know it's been 12 years since the Jets played on Monday on Sunday night football? Like that's an insane stat. Uh, remember after like the Jaguars went to the AFC Championship game, 
the NFL really didn't reward them with a lot of primetime games. They're like, well, we need to wait and see what you're all about, Jacksonville. I don't think that's necessarily the case this year with the Jaguars. I didn't give them a Sunday night slot, but I gave them two Monday night games, a Thursday, and of course you have your London, and three uh, late afternoon games all at home against Cincinnati, Kansas City, and San Francisco. Yeah, I mean, not everybody can play on Sunday night. And, and uh, Jacksonville, while they do have Trevor Lawrence, they are, you know, one of the smallest markets in the NFL. Yep. So, like, I get not voting them on Sunday night. The, the Packers are one of the smallest as well, but they're the Packers. People all over the country like the Packers, so, you know. I, yeah, and I agree with that, and I do not have the Packers in Sunday night. I have them with two Monday night games uh, home against the Chargers at Detroit, and then a Thursday night game at Vegas. Green Bay going uh, playing against Devonte Adams. Yeah, that that could be right there. It's a, a decent enough prime option, but we'll find out on Thursday. It's always a lot of fun, and thank you for indulging me for a few minutes there as I I, I look through that. Uh, or, I mean, it's this is probably this is my favorite day of the NFL offseason. I love the NFL draft. I get, I'm so excited for the scheduled release year in and year out. As you said, you want to see who the primetime games. When's your bye? Do you end the season at home or on the road? You know, potential games to go to road trips. That's what it's all about. Yeah, and I, I'm firmly in the camp of, like, I'm on Twitter during the day. So, you know, you might see some of that stuff leak out. I, I kind of like that. I kind of like seeing it all kind of come out. In, in little dribs and drabs and then seeing if those reports are right because I like it kind of when they're wrong too. Yes. And so, um, and then obviously when it all comes out, I, I don't sit there and watch the special, but I just like, you know, at 7 whatever, 7.05, yep. click on NFL.com and start thumbing through, you know, what the different different options are. I, I like doing that. I might uh, try and avoid the, the Twitter uh, machine for the most part on Thursday because of those leaks. I don't want to necessarily see who everyone gets to right away. I also, the one thing with the Vikings, I would like to see the NFL put the uh, reunion games back-to-back. I want to see them go to, uh, put Carolina and the Chargers back-to-back weeks, going against Thielen and Eric Kendricks. I think that would be very good. I got to be honest, I don't think the NFL is thinking about Eric Kendricks and the I, Vikings when they I put know, the schedule prob- Probably not, but it would be... <laughs> It would be fun. How about, how about, so, are the Vikings, they go to Carolina, correct? Yes. I could see that in week one. Yep. I thought Just that. Just as a, you know, your, your regular noon game yep. on week one. I thought that or Atlanta. At Atlanta. I just. Yeah. That. Yeah. I mean, because that would be one of those games where there's juice, you know, playing feeling, but you don't have to put it in prime time. No. You know, yeah. because, and then people will be naturally excited for the season, obviously. The Vikings uh, maybe not in love with the idea of having to play Bryce Young in game one. Not that he's going to come out and torch you, but, you know, he's good. And, yeah. and he's an unknown. So um, I may have just talked myself into that as my uh, my pick for week one. Minnesota at Carolina. Yeah. I, I like it. I would, lo- I would rather see them play Atlanta later in the season. I'd rather see them play Carolina later in the season because you're going to likely have better weather or it's not going to be nearly as cold in Charlotte, you know, late November or December as it would Chicago or Green Bay. 
and Atlanta being a dome. I hope Atlanta's late in the season, but I'm going to guess it's right away. That's my prediction. Yeah. It'll be at yeah. Atlanta week one. You need to have like those five or six games in week one that they're just games. They don't have any storylines, and yep. to me, the Vikings are going to have one of those. They're not going to be, uh, you know, they're not going to have a storyline really in week one, and that's okay. Yep. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm, I'm just kind of, and it, you know, it feels like outdoors on the road week one kind of makes sense. I so. agree. I agree. I think that's a excellent choice on your part there to go with that. I'm just looking at the any other game that, I mean, no, you're not going to put San Francisco or Philadelphia that doesn't make any sense. I mean, you could, but it's not going to be a good game. So Right. I mean, maybe maybe Minnesota at Chicago week one, Justin Fields against the Vikings. That could be an option. But Yeah, and you, you, have to, you have to go back, I mean, pretty far to find a, a non-Packers division game to open the season. I mean, uh, we had the Packers yeah. in the COVID season. Uh, the Vikings have opened against the Packers on Monday night. About 15 years ago, but when uh, when Rogers debuted, yep. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it doesn't happen very often. I remember. Maybe the Bears once or twice recently, but not. Yep. I mean, 10 years ago, probably. Uh, one, the the year that Brett Favre came, what 2008, 2009, whatever that season. Uh, they started the year at Cleveland and at Detroit. Um, yeah. So that's one of the rare years where they don't open with Green Bay and just end at home. I. I I'd rather you end at home, but the, yeah, this is the year that the NFC has nine road road games, eight home games, so it's uh, it, it's interesting. But there are a lot of teams: Philadelphia, Kansas City, Cincinnati, Buffalo, even Baltimore. Huge prime opportunities for them, just based off of who they're playing, and it's it's going to be fascinating. I think I, you know could see a team like Tampa Bay, who just made the playoffs last year, getting one primetime game because. Now that they don't have Tom Brady, who cares about him? Like, it, yeah, there's no there's no star power. I, I read uh, uh, Sports Business Daily uh, earlier tonight. John Orand kind of yep. talked about like you know those big teams that are draws. You know the Steelers. You know the Cowboys. The Packers. The Niners. Um, the Niners. But then one of those teams forever has been the Patriots or the Buccaneers with Tom Brady. Mm-hmm. We don't have Tom Brady anymore. So what are the teams that are a draw now? Is it the Bills? We know it's probably the Chiefs, uh, but is it the Bengals with the way they've gone? So it's very interesting to look at, you know, who maybe fills those gaps star power-wise now that Brady's not the picture. Agreed. Um, Agreed. And now now that I'm talking about it out loud, uh, you know, what are the odds that they make Detroit-Minnesota the final game of the regular season? I would uh, love because, that. I would love that. Um, yeah, I mean, if those are the two favorites right now. Um, and, you know, potentially now you can also flip the argument of like Detroit, we're going to make them play, you know, one of those classic teams, uh, to end the season. Um, you know, whether it's, uh, you know, ideally it would be the Packers, which, you know, it's how last season ended. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it makes a lot of sense to me to, to have it be the Vikings and obviously it's in a dome, uh, either way. So, yep. um, like you said, you'd love to have it in Minnesota, but if it's in Detroit, I get it. If it if it is Detroit, it, based off of you know the fact that I have Minnesota at Detroit on Thanksgiving, it would be Detroit at Minnesota end of the year. I would be okay with that. Um, just get the cold weather games. Get Green Bay. Get Philadelphia. Get uh, Chicago out of the way like by the end of October. Um, well, we're, we're due for the the Vikings at Packers 
just in the middle of the year, yes. October or, or November. We haven't had that in a long time. It's been either September or January. Yep. Uh, recently. Yep. So. I agree. Uh, but if we could get all, the, if we could get the dome uh, road games or the Southern City road games to be at the end of the year, so Vegas, Atlanta, Carolina, that would be preferred. Um, yeah. Has there has there been a more anticipated like road game of when's it going to be than the Going to Vegas because there there are going to be so many Vikings fans at yeah. that game. Oh, there's ever like there are so many fans of every team oh, that yeah, goes for to sure. Vegas. But it's just like yeah, Minnesota. Minnesota's love going to Vegas. Uh, yeah. You know that they're going to. I mean, Sun Country is going to sell a lot of flights. Yes, uh, going to going to Vegas that weekend. So and yes, every team gets gets a chance to take over uh, the Raiders Stadium, but. First time Minnesota's been there for a regular season game. Yep, uh, that that could be pretty good. Oh, it absolutely will. And I, you know, the Raiders don't have a home field advantage the way that other teams do because everyone invades their city and buys up all the tickets because eh, the Raiders just don't have the, the the Raiders fans are sellouts. Let's just put it that way. And I I don't think the Raiders are going to be that good this year again. So. Even though they I have think the, you're right. Even though they have the handsome, de- handsome devil known as Jimmy G. So you got that right. We'll see. Yeah. All right, Marcus. I always appreciate the time, my friend. Great chatting with you, and hopefully, we'll chat next week about the NHL playoffs. We'll react to the NFL schedule release as well, since we both seem to uh, share a keen interest and uh, in this. Uh, so enjoy Thursday night. We'll see what the Vikings have, and enjoy the rest of the week in the NHL playoffs, my friend. All right, thanks, Stacken. All right, thank you, Marcus. Marcus Traxler here joining me on the Sports Block Podcast. Always appreciate his time as always. We end on a very high – we love the NFL schedule. I really love the NFL schedule, as evidenced by the fact that I put an XL doc together. Not just – I don't do weeks 1 through 18 and put all the games. I just say, okay, these are who I think the noon games should be or would be for the teams in 425, the Sunday night games. Yada, yada, yada. The London games in there and what have you. Carolina-Houston. I, I just don't think it deserves Amazon Prime. Should be in the... But maybe that's the way to get people to go to Amazon Prime would be Carolina-Houston. C.J. Stroud against Bryce Young. We'll see what happens there. Just to hell with you, NHL, for, for this draft lottery. Just awful. Connor Bedard will be a Chicago Blackhawk and can only be defined as a rigged NHL draft. No doubt about that. That does it for this week's edition of the Sports Block Podcast. You can find this podcast available online on on podcast.com. Also available on iTunes. Just search for Sports Block. Uh, follow me on Twitter at Andy Stacken. Facebook, Nathan Stacken. Marcus Traxler on Twitter at Marcus Traxler. Travis Krins on Twitter at Travis Krins. A link to the podcast posted middle to later part of each week. A little later last week, we had some trouble getting into podcast.com to be able to post it, but we ended up getting it there late Sunday night. Uh, enjoy the, the playoffs, NBA, NHL, NFL schedule release. Very, very hotly, highly anticipated uh, Thursday night. Uh, it'll be a ton of fun. So uh, you can follow the blog, the sports, uh, the, the stack, uh, stackattack.sportsblog.com. Uh, some thoughts on the schedule release come Thursday and Friday. Um, but yeah, that that pretty much does it here. So for all of us here at the Sports Block Podcast, for Travis and Marcus, I'm Nathan. Thanks so much. Have a great rest of your week. Uh, have a great weekend, and we'll talk to you next week on another edition of the Sports Block Podcast.